What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to episode 18 of season two of Hit the Books. I'm looking forward to a solid week this week. Lots of good college basketball, NBA, NHL picks from us lately. So stay tuned for those on our social media accounts and such. Like every week, we're discussing the latest trends and news in the world of sports and offering our expert analysis and picks for the upcoming games. We'll also be taking a look at some of the most exciting matchups on the schedule and sharing our thoughts on which teams are poised for victory. So tune in and let's get ready to gamble on some sports and introduce my co-hosts, Ace, Huff, and Mackie. Let's start off with Mackie this week, home for the holidays. I got to see a great game between my Penguins, your Rangers, um, on Tuesday night in Pittsburgh. What else you got for me, buddy? Week 16 here. Yeah, I wish I could have been there, but it was a little barn burner last night. Obviously, the home team came out on top, but a great game to go to. Um, yeah, I had a good week gambling this week. Uh, what was I, 8-2, and two, I think, something like that. I was up like 5.8 units. So Yeah, on um, absolute fire. That's a humble way to say he was on absolute fire this weekend. Preach. Finally but, um, above 10 units. I'll give you the, I'll give you the credit where credit's due. You've been, you've been flirting with the seven units all season. I think you're sitting at like 11, so 11 yeah, and a half, 11. maybe 12. Yeah, yeah I've been, yeah. that's like pretty much been my milestone all year is just trying to get to uh, 10 units and I finally did it. So only up from here, let's uh, just stay hot and keep the ball rolling. You said it, stay hot. It's the name of the game. Let's shoot it over to Huff. You're next. You're coming in second on the board this week, going 5-1 and one last week in the NFL. What else you got for us? Lots of other plays as well. Yeah, uh, like you said, Mackie had a pretty good week in the NFL going, uh, what did you say, Mackie, 8-2? and two? I think 8-2, and two, but it was 5. Yeah, point, I think it, yeah, I think it was. It was 5.8 units, so yeah, 8-2 yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah, and then uh, you said, Jesse, I went 5-1, and one, so a good weekend for me. Um, nothing else too much other than that. Had a couple, had a nice parlay last night uh, off the card, or a couple of our college basketball plays put them together. We obviously went 3-0 uh, and in college basketball last night, so. That's something you're going to want to make sure you're staying tuned to along to, or along as well with the NFL and all the other sports that we're giving out. So um, just another week in the NFL, looking forward to week 16 as we get down to starting to look at maybe some of these playoff pictures, some of these teams in very must-win scenarios as we get down to the last two, three weeks of the season. So I'm really excited to get back into it. Good stuff. Yeah, Ace, you're up next. Busy for you at work. What else you got for us here, bud? Um, yeah, busy, busy time of work for everybody. I feel holiday season, always a busy time, but no, another positive week. Uh, so that's good to see second half of the season really been, uh, nice, nice numbers for me, but coming off of that bad, uh, what was it? Week 14 whole squad really picked it up. Everybody going above zero. I think last week, love to see it. Yeah, Another positive um, week all around. Also to touch on what Huff said, our daily cards have been doing pretty well. So definitely want to keep up with the socials. I know college basketball, Mackie and Huff have been killing it. And then NHL and NBA, we've had a positive record all season long, so we got to keep that rolling. Um, a lot more in the NHL, so maybe we'll see some more NBA plays starting to come out as that season heats up too. But, uh, yeah, ready to roll. Forgetting that Patriots lost, really just riding my Bruins right now. So ready to talk another week of football. Should be a good one. Heck, yeah, week 16 is here and ready for us. Positive all around for the boys in week 15 but we'll get to that shortly. Let's go through some other headlines from around the other leagues, starting off with the NBA. Big sale in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix Mercury are being sold by suspended Governor 
Robert Server, and as we all know, this said to be somewhere in the ballpark of $4 billion. Uh, the Ashbia brothers will be buying it to be owning 60% of it in October. The Suns were valued at $2.7 billion. So lots of money being thrown around there. Crazy stuff. You said they were valued at two point seven. Yeah, uh, Bank so of America did a yeah, audit and got them at two point seven. What a sm- what a smart wow. business move. Yeah, so and I looked up. Obviously, what'd you say? You think they're gonna keep going up in value? The Phoenix Suns. I mean, they don't have a championship, so these teams. The, the, the I don't know if the, they have any one team. Or not. They don't have one any recently. Um. That, that, Mackie, that, I know you 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 trashed on them a few weeks ago. Not not really trashed on them, but saying they were the like Suns. Yeah, a pretend uh, top of the Western Conference team. I I will I'll always go by that until uh until they prove me wrong. Honestly, Chris Paul. They have Chris they Paul. A championship, not clutch. Devin Booker <laughs> is the most overrated player in the NBA. He's a bucket, but he's the most overrated player in the NBA. I was gonna say I like I like Devin Booker. I'm not gonna. He's good. I mean, he's a Devin bucket. Booker's don't get me wrong. Yeah, but he, he's not. He's just not as good as the rest of those big names. Ex- I think they, that's what yeah, Mackie's exactly. trying to say. Like, he'll get overshadowed by a John Morant any day of the week on a lesser round of the roster. Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker? But he's looked... Oof. I don't know. I'm probably going Devin Booker there still. But Donovan Mitchell is a bucket. But they're both not that good. He just needs to develop a little more. I like Spider, though, too. That's a good good, uh, comparison. Devin Booker is looked at as, like, higher than, like... Or on the same level, even, as, like, Jason Tatum. And it's, like, Mm. not even close. Yeah, no, they're not. Yeah, they're not... There's a lot of help down there in Phoenix, too. But I do think that's not a bad... I don't think it's a bad buy, though, because you're right. They're chasing a championship, and we saw how how big that Suns fan base can... Bandwagon can kind of get when they get hot. A lot of people gravitate towards them. So I think if they can really push the envelope even further and finish off a championship, I mean, he'll make his money back. It's a cool team to root for... It's a cool team to root for just because how many Suns fans, like diehard Suns fans, do you know? So, like, it's not like. I, feel I just feel like it's an easy team to hop on. Ja. Yeah. The only Suns yeah. fan I know is my boy who goes to U of A. So, that's the only reason he's a Suns fan. I was going to say, I know one, and he was a Steve Nash fan. Yeah. Yeah. And they have cool Suns colors, out. I guess. So Suns like, out, guns yeah. out. They, they do have some of the coolest jerseys in the NBA, for sure. Not necessarily a classic, but they have one of the, some of the coolest jerseys. Yeah, with a lot of young talent, that's not a bad buy though. Overall, but what you but back to what you said, Ace. These you think the Suns are going to keep going up in value? I think every single one of these sports teams, and at least the four major sports leagues, are just going to keep going up. Like, I mean, we've seen what these teams have sold for in the past, and the Broncos were just four and a half billion, and now we're seeing the Suns at four. Like, it's just going to keep going up and up and up until you see like some do. It's the first five billion dollar team. It's going to be. I mean, back like I feel like five years ago, you used to see that uh, that list of all those sports franchises that were worth the most. It's like this in no order: Steelers, Patriots, uh, Knicks, Yankees, Red Sox, Yankees, Cowboys, Red Sox. Yeah, come like on. Yeah, Cowboy. Yeah, Cowboys were like top three. Um, Shows rings but, don't like, matter. What do you think these teams <laughs> sell for? If the if the Phoenix Suns are selling for four million, what do you think? If like if Jerry Jones. Well, I think as you see, I think as you see those TV contracts going up and all the player contracts going up, obviously the value of the that's team why it's just going to keep going up and up and up. Yeah, it's it's the good old. Well, that's it's, it's yeah, it's the same thing as like all these contracts, like uh, Anthony Simon is signing twenty eight million dollars a year. Like all these, it's it's inflation, honestly, and that's basically what it's coming down to. Like if Jerry Jones was to sell, to sell the Cowboys tomorrow, he'd probably get like almost eight eight billion dollars for it. I was gonna say I seven think. and a half billion. Almost yeah, almost eight billion dollars. I think. It's just Definitely. it's just how it goes. It's how inflation works. It's how the world progresses. It's just 
Definitely it's an interesting thing to see, though. Wonder if he'll uh, be able to guide them to a championship with the roster and staff he puts together. Crazy stuff there. Four billion dollars being passed around the table for the Suns. Just unreal. Excited to see what comes of it. Like you said, off the first five billion dollar team. Who knows? These teams seem to be moving a lot more, uh, selling a lot more than I'm. I'm expecting. You don't. You don't expect. I mean, to you see, see the money they're getting. If I was an owner, I'd be like, I'm done. Never. Yeah. Like four billion. Four, with a B. Yeah. If I'm the owner of the Suns and someone comes up to me and says, "I'll give you three billion. Okay. Where's the check? Where are we going? He had to take whatever he was given. What can I sign? I think. Yeah. I'm, whatever he was given. Four. Billion. Well, no. That I'm saying with his legality stuff. He had to get rid of the Suns. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He, he has to take. Well, them. there is like there is like certain ones where like I know when the Broncos were sold or like when certain teams are sold, they if they're owned by like a trust, they have to take like the highest bid. Yep. Because obviously they, you know what I mean, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Next point in the NBA: Damian Lillard passes Clyde Drexler to become Blazers' all-time leading scorer with eighteen thousand forty-one points. Impressive maneuver for him there accomplishing that i believe last night tuesday night guys got anything to say about that in the nba best rapper in the nba right there that's good (laughs) i love that i guess this is the the this stat right here is the reason that he never left portland to go try to win a championship because he had many serious chances he's still a legit player in this league i still think he should get the fuck out of portland um but I guess this stat right here, he wanted to be the all-time leading scorer for the Portland Trailblazers, and I guess it's time to get the hell out of there, maybe request a trade, see what he can do to maybe go win a ring, because I really like him, and him being in Portland, I don't get to watch many of their games, um, but I don't know. Yeah, He's a fun dude solid. to watch, obviously one of the most clutch players in NBA, past five, ten years, easy. Probably the coldest is- highlight, too. Def- definitely, definitely. Mackie, I'll this never is, forget um, the shot whenever he stared at the camera and you're like, that's going to be a meme forever. That's going to be a meme. I said it right yeah. away. That's going to be a meme. Um, <laughs> this is the milestone he wanted. I think he's going to get out of here now. This is like a milestone that will put him into the Hall of Fame. This is like your all-time, Blazers all-time winning scorer. It's a, it's a huge milestone. So now maybe he wants to And it's to not some leave. dud that he passed up. Clyde Drexler was another Hall of Famer. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's I think, tough uh, though. He's such a loyal guy. Yeah, but he even tweeted out. He said loyalty loyalty even has an expiration date or something like that. Yeah, yeah he eventually like want to get a ring. Everybody does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you should go to the Celtics. What you play the game for. I love watching him play with uh, like those matchups with the Warriors when the Warriors were at, had their big big three, I guess you'd say, and they'd go. And he would Portland, somehow keep Port- 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 Portland would beat him at home sometimes with like CJ. Yeah, I was gonna say he and, would keep the team in it uh, or win. Yeah, and then you know, late it's like him just getting to the free throw line or just hitting contested shots in your face. And yeah, that that yeah. was fun to watch. But I wouldn't mind seeing him go on to a contender. Could you imagine him on the Celtics? Yeah, that'd be nuts. I mean, I feel like they definitely wouldn't be able to afford it, and they'd probably give up way more than they'd want to because everybody wants Jalen Brown every time. Would it's you? Like, no, I was gonna like, say no. If they, not, you, if, you can't give up Jalen Brown, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You Jalen Brown, Jason too. Tatum aren't getting thrown away. And it really takes a lot of the prior way, like Robert Williams. I love, I love Jalen Brown. I, I, yeah. He's my favorite he's player in bucket. the Celtics. He gets, you know what's nice about him is he gets better every year. Like he's one of those guys that puts in the work. His ball handling has been terrible, like his career, but it gets better every year. 
defense. Three-point shooting, too. It keeps getting better. Like, he's, he's a good player. That duo is elite in Boston. I mean, they're leading the pack. Do you and imagine they just got Robert, that lineup? They got Robert Williams back, though. That's huge. I wish Terry Rozier was still a Celtic. He's like, I mean, he fell off a little bit, but his first year or two in Charlotte, after he signed that big deal, everyone was like, dude, he's not worth that money. And I mean, no, like, we know NBA standards. Season, yeah. He had a good playoff run. Yeah, he for came the Celtics, in for Kyrie he when he was run, injured. He got paid. Yeah, and then the, he had a good year first. in Charlotte. He, I don't know. I always thought I liked him when he was a Celtic. That playoff run, he was hype. He's definitely a good name to have on your roster, but not worth that much money. I mean, nobody in the NBA. No, is, no, but no he's not a starting players. point guard. They don't need him to be though. Who? Terrier, the the Hornets. They have a lot of guards. Yeah, I guess you're right. Melo's been well, out Mello. a lot though. He's been out a lot. I think he's played like five games this season. Lots of good stuff out of the NBA. Make sure to stay tuned for any more news that comes out. We'll be sure to cover it each week on our podcast here. Next up, let's hit up the NHL. The NHL is considering an 84-game season for more regional rivalry matchups. This would be a two-game extension from the current 82-game season now. I think that's very interesting. I think for years, players have been asking for less, and they're trying to give them more. So what do you guys think? 84-game season. I mean, it's tough to, to, to enjoy as like a hockey player, like knowing what they go through. That's like that's a grueling season, 82 as it is. I know a lot of people think adding two more won't do too much. But for the, from a player's perspective, obviously, I don't think they need, they need that. Um, from a playoff bubble perspective, I don't think it changes much, even though it comes down to the wire for that wild card spot here and there. Um, it could change up seating a bit. In, but as a fan, like I guess we can be selfish and be be excited about the matchups we get to see now on TV. I mean, they're going to give you probably your flyers and pens a couple more times, which is always I was going to say, guys. I was literally going to say, all that means is because I saw the little thing at the bottom. It was like in two extra games that make sense, like geographically planning. So I was like, all right, that means the Penguins are going to play the Flyers and the Blue Jackets again. The Rangers are going to play the Islanders and, like, the Devils. And the Bruins are going to play probably one of the New the York teams in, in the Sabres. Or the or Leafs or Canadians. Canadian that's team. that's exactly, yeah. yeah I, I was going to say, they don't really need this, I don't think. It's two extra games. No, anymore. the it's players definitely aren't excited about that. The goaltenders, no. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see how it shakes up standings at the end of the year, especially how we talk about the Bruins and the hot streak they've been on, saying, like, yeah, it's early, stay humble. I agree with that 100%. I don't jump the gun. I definitely acknowledge how good they are, but two extra games down the stretch in future years could could joggle the standings a bit, you know? Maybe getting that home ice advantage or being on the road, whatnot. That's important in the NHL, as we know. I mean, four points is a ton of points, two games. Like, that's crazy. Hmm. Four points. Remember when that was tough to get. Ooh. Is that a, is that a Bruins? Yes, okay. it is. Oh, for <laughs> Oh, I we, thought, get, I don't know. we get points like every. That's all my point was. Twenty-five, <laughs> four and two. That's nuts. Yeah, that is nuts. It's a sick regular season. Like that President's Trophy is gonna be nice. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they've done it before and gone to the cup a few times. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. their last cup loss was uh, when they were no the year last time they won the President's Trophy. Actually, they kind of got screwed over with COVID. So. All that momentum you have from winning the trophy going into the offseason, like Kucherov came back for the Bolts, remember? And they ended up going on to win the Cup. That, 
that was the that was the team that was like ninety million dollars over cap, and they were just allowed to bring Kucherov back for the playoffs. Like it was nothing. How crazy was, was that too? Bruins, imagine this: you get a President's Trophy, and then they're like, "Nope, now we're actually not doing that. You have to reseed and play a play-in tournament of like warm-up games to reseed yourselves." They they came in as the Is top seed in did? the whole Eastern Conference, and the Bruins finished as like the, the they got the start as like the four. Yeah, I like don't, don't even that. remember those bubble games, dude. I don't remember that shit at all, to be honest. There was playing games for the bottom two wild cards. I remember. Spots, I, I remember that. There was like. I remember that games. actually. Rangers were in the playing. There were seeding sw- games too. Yeah, Rangers were in the, everywhere. the playing. Got swept by by um, um Carolina. The top I just remember four that teams was the did league. a round robin. I just remember that was the league's chance to get Toronto to the Stanley Cup because they did a Canada only bracket in the fucking. Canadians but they got the Canadians. And they yeah, got, yeah they got the Canadians. It was Montreal versus Winnipeg in the in the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> so yep. sad. That was that and was then, nuts though. Oh no, wasn't it Vegas? No, it was Winnipeg. Hellebuck, he's Vegas. the man, best goalie in the league right now too. He's out right now, so I'm hoping he doesn't get the start tomorrow against the. Because it was that COVID year. Everything was so whack that year. Mm-hmm. Everyone playing, the, the atmosphere was off. The players didn't play the same because there was zero atmosphere, zero. And and they played in a bubble, if you remember. Yeah. The bubble set up for hubs for tournaments. It wasn't, you know, the conditions weren't great, things like that. The ice was getting torn I think, up. I don't think they were in, like, the same conditions as, like, the NBA bubble, though. No, 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 no. There were multiple ones. In, there was, like, right. one on each coast and in each country. Yeah, interesting to say the least. But NHL's had some good stuff come out of it lately. I don't know how we got off on that tan- tangent, but uh, definitely loved bet love betting it this week. We've been we've been rolling tonight, as you guys will hear this probably later tonight or tomorrow. Um, we had what the the two heavyweight parlay with Florida and Colorado, um, both at home against valid teams, and then we had Minnesota minus a goal and a half on the road with the Flower Huff trusting the Flowers boy right there that got him a couple rings. That's Jesse's boy. Always. That's like Jesse's I love favorite him. penguin of all time. To death. Oh, me too. But like, ah, uh, he's been so disappointed this year. Here, Ace, take a look at that. I don't disagree, but I, I you know, I think he's still relevant. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yep, yep. But no, I, I, I thought I came into here thinking that that wild team was going to be so good. I feel but, that. I mean, it's a long season, so obviously things can turn around. And the West is pretty weak, as we know. So, but I thought Flurry was just in a prime to be in a good spot. I mean, he's never let us down before, and he really started off very poorly. Low save percentage. Whole agree, team. Agree with that. Agree with that. Um, he new team. Being shuffled around at the beginning of the year, but finding his home again in here in Minnesota. Good stuff for him. But uh, like we said, we're at like what almost the halfway point of the NHL season. Maybe a third of the way through. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of time for that team to turn around. Obviously, the Bruins have been keeping their pace. Same with the Devils, kind of surprising everybody's knowledge. Mackey's Rangers have been picking up. Had a hot December. Um, Penn's also playing just the classic brand of hockey, I would say. Uh, Hurricanes and Bolts, casual teams in the East and the Light or the Leafs as well. It's really top heavy. The East, I think, is a lot, a lot stronger. I don't know about you guys, but definitely that that top eight or nine teams is uh pretty significant to tell who they are. Should be good playoff matchups, whoever we get. Yeah, I think we are just about rounding the halfway point of the NHL season. So lots more to come from that. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you you're just saying. Uh, I think um, 
obviously when it comes to the playoffs, you got to worry about Tampa Bay because of uh, Vasilevsky and just the, the experience that team has. Mm-hmm. And um, Carolina, I just, I just, I just can't take them seriously until, you know, they've had definitely so many not chances. a. Not a good draw though, with the so much talent they have, and they keep bringing. Oh, in. It's yeah. like uh, it's never. It's like how do they keep adding them. guys? But there's definitely about four, four or five teams I'd rather, or I'd rather see them, and I'd rather see no, I'd, four or five teams I wouldn't rather see than them. Yeah, that 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 put more fear into you. Like we were talking about it earlier. Uh, I I'll give my list quick, just off the top of my head. I, I had it: Bruins, um, Hurricanes, Lightning. Uh, then I went with the Rangers. Then the Florida Panthers, the Maple Leafs, the Penguins. I have the Devils, even though they're 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 a regular season wagon right now. I have the Devils at eight, and then I have the Islanders, those pesky Islanders sticking around at nine. Well, Devils are starting to show their true colors now. Honestly, they're on a five five game losing streak, I think, maybe six. Um, they're just uh, you know, they're they're coming back down to life a little. What do you th- one team we didn't actually talk about earlier, Mackie? That's kind of been surprising people and turning some heads is the Buffalo Sabers. You think they have any life with all that scoring uh, spurred by Tage Thompson? Um, I don't think they have it this year because they still they're still a very young and inexperienced team. But dude, that kid Tate Thompson is absolutely unbelievable. He he's gonna switch. have them. He's gonna have them right up in a in the playoff conversation next year. I think. Uh, I don't think they still have it in this team, year. Yeah. I think uh, I think the the league's just so good right now. It, it can't really be especially carried, the but. East. Real quick, let's just before we hop off NHL. I, I think you can probably start off with this one. Touch on the Western Conference. Um. Who do you think out there? What are we looking at a little bit compared to these? Well, Vegas is obviously a wagon, but you know, like I said earlier, uh, when we were talking about it, they're fourteen two and one on the road, and they're only eight and seven, I think, nine and eight at home. You said eight and nine earlier. That's crazy. Eight and nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're just they're just showing a little inconsistencies right now. Obviously, the team's a wagon, and uh, they're one of the best teams in the league. But I don't I don't know. I'm not really sold on them just yet. Um, obviously, Colorado's uh, in a rough having a rough start to the season they're uh i don't even think they're uh i think they're a in a wild card spot right now or something obviously a lot of injuries but you know with that team being what they were um i figured they'd be able to carry the weight a little a little better um one sleeper team right now probably dallas stars obviously just because of jake ottinger um they're one of the best Jason goalies robinson. in the league and obviously we saw it in and and robinson but um we saw what Jake Ottinger can do in the playoffs last year, and he can carry a team. And this team doesn't even really need to be carried as much this year. So I think that they can be a dangerous team when it comes around playoff time. And you don't really have that wagon like the Colorado Avalanche this year. So, you know, they can make some noise. Yeah, the, the only other teams I'd say maybe we could touch on real quick out there, I think the Winnipeg Jets, when Hellebuck is in net, obviously they're, they're a tough team to play against. And then the Edmonton Oilers, obviously let's not count out Connor McDavid. We've been high on him all year like everybody else. So maybe he really pulls out at the end, and this could be the year that the vacuum opens up out west for him to get to his first Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, he wants it more than anything, you could tell. Um, but I don't know. I'm just not really sold in the Oilers. Even uh, if Skinner and Ned, who obviously, he's a good goalie, but uh, he's been starting to show his true colors a little more recently. Started to, started off incredible. But, um, yeah, Winnipeg, I'm also just having a, I think they're just having a good start to the season. I wouldn't really be scared of them to uh, come out of the Western Conference. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see as the season keeps progressing, but it's been some good hockey so far. Excited to watch our picks pl- go out tonight uh, as we get this episode rolling. Yes, sir, and I got one more point out of the NHL before we get moving. The Avs and the Isles played a game on Monday night. Camel Car looked to have gotten tripped while going around the net, and the ref called it. 
McCarr went up to the ref and said that he slipped and they overturned the call. I found that very interesting. I saw a video of it. It was just a big debacle. Everyone in the ice was like, what happened? No one in the arena knew what happened. It was really funny. You saw um, Ovechkin do this a year or two ago. Yes, too. right. It's actually really funny to, to watch these players. Like, like you say, like obviously keep your mouth shut. But why? I don't, I don't know. I don't really. I don't really know like why these why these players are doing it. Take a break if you got it. Refs are part of the game, right? Yeah, like yeah, they it's missed. It's their NHL fault. Move, they missed though. it. Not you. You know. It's such an NHL move. The NHL is the only yeah. league that would that would uh, do something like that. I kind of agree. Um, imagine. Hundred Imagine Patrick Mahomes gets a rough in the passer call. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm good. God. Thanks, man. Honestly, wild. Good That's stuff funny. out of the NHL overall. Lots of picks coming daily, as the boys said, so keep an eye on those. So let's go over to the MLB. We got some signings and such. The first one is Matt Carpenter to the Padres, guaranteed $12 million, six fit in 2023, and a $6 million player option in 2024 plus incentives. Uh, good picture there for the Padres. Interesting, or good stuff there. I assume no one wants to, has anything to say about that. Cool. The MLB announced that Clayton Kershaw will join TMS, Team USA to pitch for the 2023 World Baseball Classic. This will be his first appearance in the WBC. Mookie Betts already on Team USA, one of his teammates. So I think that's a huge accomplishment for him. Um... You don't hear much about the World Baseball Classic, I don't think. I don't know a ton about it, but I feel like you don't hear a ton about it, but good stuff for him. When is that? Do we know? I can't remember. Did you say who or when? I said when is that? The I can't remember. I'm looking it up. Uh, March 8th. It's like the month of March, like middle of March. Okay. Okay. And let's go over to the signing that I think everybody's looking forward to. Carlos Carrera has agreed on a 12-year, $315 million contract with the Mets. This is voiding a previous 13-year agreement with the Giants. Big, big signing for Mackey's Mets. Mackey, you want to get us going on this one? Yeah, this is uh, definitely a surprising one as he signed with the Giants for 13 years and a little more money. Not really sure. Um, Mets definitely gave him less, though, but... Yeah, I guess he failed his physical, and Mets turned around and offered him $26 million a year, 12 years. So I guess uh, we're grabbing him. I don't know. I, I like him. I'm not getting my hopes up. We've seen players like this come to the Mets. Obviously, Lindor looks good. Um, But I don't know. I, I feel like players like this come to the, come to, come to the Mets to, uh, to basically end their careers, and we've seen it so many times. So I, I, whatever. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, I'm excited about it, but not getting my hopes up as a Mets fan, obviously. <laughs> when I texted you about that and you sent that, I was laughing my ass off. I was like, like I, I, I do get excited and I'm like, cool, we'll have a good team this year and we'll, we'll lose in the fucking wild card round again. Like, we're not going to be better than the Braves. The Braves are going to win the division. We're going to have to play for the wild card again. And I don't know, it just doesn't go our way. Not with DeGrom. No, I mean... I hate Verlander. DeGrom now. I, I hate DeGrom. I hope he's looking at all these moves that Steve Cohen is making. He's like, damn, I should have stayed. We'd be really good. Yeah, you would be really good. <laughs> Screwed up. <laughs> I do have something to add to the Carrera pickup. With that, the Mets have the have a higher payroll than 11 other 
MLB teams combined, some of those teams including the Pirates, Marlins, Royals, Rangers, Orioles, Rays, and more. So 11 teams combined that they have a higher payroll than. The MLB, the MLB is just getting out of hand in some of these payroll It's far from competitive, that's all yeah. I'm going to say. It's tough. It's tough. And, and I think they're too far to turn around. Like, I don't know how they'd turn around. They just need, every owner needs to be like Steve Cohen. Right. And, I mean, a lot, a lot of them have the money. I don't think it's that, you know? And I can tell you it's not that. They right. just don't want to spend it. Right. We see it here in Pittsburgh often. I was going to say, you're preaching in the choir here with the Boston Red Sox letting everybody go the last few years, which yep. is crazy. We're all getting a dose of it here. That I was going to say that. Uh, we expect it. Like, when you guys let people walk like that, I'm like... People are like, what the heck? It's the, I'm like, it's the Red Sox. They must know something. People don't. But like, Yeah, with the Mookie Betts, though, and like... That's what... That, uh, yeah, I, when they let Mookie Devers go, is going like, to be okay. interesting. But like... I don't know. I, he's, Devers is one of my favorite players in the league. I don't know. He is just like... I don't know how you don't, don't sign him. And you know what's crazy is they're too busy out here like spending money on uh, soccer leagues and then they're buying the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's like, do you want to... You're, you're literally called the Fenway Sports Group. Do you want to focus on the fucking team that plays at Fenway Park or what? They're booking events at Fenway. They love yeah, they booking events classic. at Fenway. The Winter Classic. Uh, there's supposedly a couple other shows trying to go there. A lot of stuff that I keep hearing. That is actually crazy. That has to be the first Winter Classic that the same people own both teams and the venue. I, I actually thought it was going to get denied due to Monopoly problems. That's something that the NHL has to worry about. Like He has three different sources of income coming from this game. Yeah. They're, the, they're basically the only corporation or like the only entity that's making money in this. That's crazy. <laughs> so smart. As soon as they bought him, they said, let's that? do a game, an outdoor game. <laughs> LeBron's in that game. And these teams yep. have played before, haven't they? In a Winter Classic? No. No, have I don't think so. Oh, wait, oh, yes, we did. I was there. The Sabres? I th- wait. No. No. Either, the, Bruins, Sabres, wait, the Bruins have played the Sabres and the... Uh, the Red Wings. No, we played the Sabres and the Canadians. And we played the Flyers in Lake Tahoe. Oh yeah, that yeah, one was. We've cool. done a stadium series with the Flyers, but you played the Flyers at Lake Tahoe. Yeah, and we smacked them seven one. It was actually one of the coolest scenes ever. That was that was the one when Pasternak came out with the the full like yeah, everyone was wearing that's all like the eighties track. Suits. I used that picture for everything. Didn't, that's sick. Didn't somebody else play there too? I think there was West West. Yeah, yeah, there were they, probably they two Avalanche. games there. Knights, Kings. Knights, and Kings played the night before. Okay, yeah, yeah. Was they had to, they had to the stop had the, that weird avalanche jersey. Yeah. They had to stop the game because it was too uh, it was it was too hot out. The ice yes, was melting. The ice was melting. Yeah, yeah they, had to, they had to finish it. They had to finish it the next day. The Bruins and the uh, Flyers actually had the best time slot. That was a great game, and we fucking we smoked them. Flyers were brutal last year. Yeah, they had no business being in that game. <laughs> yeah, that, like, why put the Flyers in that game? Like, give us, like, Lightning Bruins. Why are you giving us Flyers Bruins? <laughs> yeah, it's all off the fan bases, but for sure. It's not 2010 anymore. Yeah, seriously. It's <laughs> that is going to wrap up our MLB talk with a little side of NHL there. Good stuff. Let's move over to the college football world. The first point I got here is that Drew Brees has been hired as an interim assistant coach at Purdue. The school announced the other day. 
pretty interesting one there, I think. Do you think he'll be there long? Yeah, I think this is just kind of opening him into the coaching world. Um, he went to Purdue, so this is a good place to start. But um, I think he'll be in the NFL sooner or later. I, I just think this is a start for him to get his um, coaching career going. Good for him, though. I like I like Drew Brees. Very good for him. I know Huff hates him, but. Yeah, I'm not a Drew Brees guy, but. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I just think it's like, I think he's one of the most. Uh, he has the stats. Dude, his I passing just, yards. He has the ring, too. Yeah, he, he does have a ring. Never the, he was just never a guy that I'm like. All right, two minute drill. I need a touchdown. Give me Drew Brees. Like the, I could name he, so many. Because he was players. always overlooked by. You, you know what's always, you know what's tough. There's always, there's always two better but, than him. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Brady. But he was overshadowed by Peyton and Brady. But at the same time, um, I don't know. My uncles say this a lot, which kind of defeats the, this whole mantra. But like, because he has a ring. But these new quarterbacks that break all these stat records, they're just compilers because they throw all the time, and it's like. Okay, well, like, think about the Saints. When did they ever have a Dude. bell cow running back? Like, not even really Mark Ingram or before that. But, like, Reggie they had, Bush. Yeah, but they Reggie. throw it to him, too. Like, yeah. they, they he'd throw, just... like, 40 to 60 times a game, I feel. Yeah. But they, it, it, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's the Saints uniforms. They're just too ugly. I don't like <laughs> Yeah, they don't even have anything to do with the Steelers. Like, it's, there's no rivalry there. Yeah, no, nobody. We just aren't on the who dat wave. Like, I think there's just better teams than them. And like all these free era. agents that went there, I was like, that is such a waste. Well, now it is obviously. Got Andy Dalton yeah. running that fucking. Tyron Matthew, like Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry could have been a serviceable wide Jar- receiver for a player. Jarvis Landry's he's I don't know, he's a clown. I think I I, just, I don't think he'll ever. I take you know I who would take Jarvis Landry Jarvis, the Baltimore I think Ravens. Rather, I think I'd rather Jarvis Landry than T Y Hilton right now. He is such a Baltimore Ravens player. Jar- Jarvis Landry is such a Baltimore Ravens player. He'd be, he'd be like great a, on like, that team. Like he's Deshaun good. Jackson going there when he's 38 years old. He catch he caught a big pass in that Jaguars game that I Yeah, he like he like he did you hear what he did? He like didn't run the route. He just got to open field and just kind of sat there. And then he started talking shit. He made one fucking catch. Yeah, we need my boy Lamar back though, so uh they can get buzzing again, but I'm sure we'll get into that this week. We absolutely will. One more point in the college football world. The po- the post-game Duke's Mayo Bowl bath has been confirmed. Both coaches have agreed to taking a Duke's Mayo bath after their respective team wins. I think it's going to be... I think that's one of my favorite parts about the bowl games is them getting covered in mayonnaise. I could throw up at the thought. It is my that, favorite that kind of mayonnaise, disgusting. too. Duke's Mayo is easily the best. No free plugs, though. But... No free yeah, No free ads. <laughs> I literally could throw up thinking about this. I probably could, too. Imagine I don't know how I'd feel about that happening to me. <laughs> Clumpy, slimy, like, uh, yum. Uh, hose me off immediately. I, li- I like mayonnaise, don't get me wrong. But like, Not I that like, much. A certain, a certain amount on a ham and cheese is what I mean. I don't mean like Yeah, like I shallow. wouldn't even eat a spoonful like by itself. <laughs> like that'd be gross. I'd, I'd die, I think. I think I'd literally get high cholesterol. Yeah, like, yeah like I think if you take a bath in it, some of it's getting in your mouth, right? I, at least it's soaking in your skin if you take up. a bath in it, right? Or something like yeah, I don't sitting on you. I like think my arteries would just be mayonnaise. Mm, it's enough mayonnaise talk. You just become all mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 
done. I'm done on the mayonnaise. Talk. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, wrap up the mayonnaise talk here and shoot ourselves over to the NFL. Couple points here, good and bad. First one, a good one. The Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett has been cleared of concussion protocol ahead of the, their game on Saturday. It seems that he will take the field on Saturday against the Raiders. We'll get more into that as we get into our games. Next one is Mike White is ruled out again this Thursday after unable to be cleared from concussion protocol. Zach Wilson will start. Third point I got here, a not so great one. Steelers Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer running back and Penn State letterman Franco Harris passed away today, Wednesday. He was 72. Even though uh, I did not get to watch him in his prime, as we are way too young for that. Uh, I knew him as a Pittsburgh legend, saw his statue in the Pittsburgh airport every time that I flew day in and day out. Always knew his name, always knew about his incredible plays, incredible play, the Immaculate Reception. The 50th anniversary for that was coming up here on December 23rd, as it did occur December 23rd, 1972. He was all excited on the radio the other day about talking, about receiving his you know, um, recognition and such for that. Yeah, Jersey retirement, the whole nine yards, and then this comes up. Um, I don't know any details about it beyond that, but terrible, terrible news for the city of Pittsburgh, for his family, um, and all the best of them. Yeah, and uh, obviously us being from Pittsburgh, this is something that obviously was more big news to us than uh, something that pretty much shook the whole NFL world. Uh, definitely, I mean, the third all-time rushing yards leader in NFL history, uh, just to, and just to name another couple few of his stats, I mean, third in all-time TDs, third in all-time scrimmage yards, 100 touchdowns from scrimmage, most rushing yards in Super Bowl history, second most rushing touchdowns in Super Bowl history, only behind Emmitt Smith, four 1,000-yard seasons, four-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl nine MVP, first player to have 500-yard rushing games in the postseason. Uh, the Steelers were also 14-5 and five in the postseason whenever he played. So just showing the uh, the ability that the Steelers had and that he brought uh, to the Steelers. And the Steelers' uh, current owner, Art Rooney II, said today, uh, my grandfather was once quoted saying, before Franco got here, we didn't win much. Uh, since he got here, we didn't lose. I like to, th- I like to think that sums it up pretty good. So uh, pretty, pretty nice quote coming from the current Steelers' owner, obviously being passed down from his grandfather back in the day, watching Franco back in his prime. But definitely something that shook the NFL world and uh, – yeah, with, with this coming up on Saturday, I think is, this game's going to mean even more for the Steelers uh, against the Raiders. Uh, they had a whole thing set up, Steelers alumni, Raiders alumni coming in. So um, definitely going to be a sight to see on Saturday night at uh, Acroshore Stadium. Absolutely, Huff. Hey, Mackie, do you know who Franco Harris is now? Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I, I'm not going to lie, I didn't know who that was. Um you know, running back from the '70s. You know, it can go, it can go over my head. Um, you knew the play you know, though. You knew the play though, right? I didn't know. Oh really? Yeah, I'd never seen that play before. That was insane. But yeah. um, I like that was insane. Do you guys, do you guys, like, <laughs> do you guys see that often? Like, is that something that I just missed in NFL history? That's like that's like one of the top NFL plays of all time. I'd say. But like, is people do yeah. people talk about it? Because I've literally, I mean, I get it from people from Pittsburgh. It has a name. Ace. Yeah, no, I just know the play probably because, like, my my uncles that listen to our podcast, shout out to them. They're big uh, football fans, and they definitely pass that on to us. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not. It's more lie. the state. Uh, it's more I, the stage that game was at. Like AFC Championship sent us to the Super mm. Bowl. 
It's in those. Uh, if you ever watch yeah, like those incredible. top top playoff plays or top all time plays, it's always on that. Ninety yeah. percent of the time, you see a play from like nineteen seventies, and you're like, ah, oh, stupid. This play. doesn't really like, count. That was, right. Yeah. That was that was sick, yeah. dude. Like that was. What year was the the, uh, the catch? That's uh, the Niners. What year is that? Eighties or nineties? Uh, what was it? Eighty. Eighty eight. I was gonna say eighty nine. Is that Joe Montana? It was. It was. Yeah, definitely. It was. Uh, yeah. it was late. It was late. Um. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 80s. So that that is. You're right. Seventies. I mean, what other highlights off the top of your head can you think of from the seventies? I don't really know no. any players. I mean, I might that, but like you probably do, I but know. I couldn't tell you the year that they were in the seventies. Exactly. Like I don't. I don't think Bart I know one Star maybe. The 80s. Howie Long or is that are they? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Bart Star. I know that name. <laughs> um. Yeah. Howie Long. Marcus Allen. You know. Yeah, it's definitely one of the biggest. Obviously, um, if not one of the biggest play in NFL history. Some of the other ones. Another big no, one the Malcolm Sunday. Butler catch. Come on, I was gonna, I was gonna come right at your Patriots and say Chandler Jones this Sunday. Oh yeah, we don't talk about that. Mac Jones really got you know those you know those videos of like someone getting pushed through the portal and through different dimensions. That was Mac Jones. Like I've seen that Dude, one. I, on you knew that was gonna be a meme. Dude, Ace, that's your blood. Your blood had to be, bo- dude. I would have been like punching my TV. I swear. Oh, uh, I was, I was, I was at my girlfriend's Christmas party and they had it on the TV. I just left the room. I was like, oh, that's good. And and Jacoby Myers <laughs> is like a likable player, and you gotta hate him now. <laughs> like Jacoby Myers is an idiot for that. That's why he probably went undrafted. <laughs> but you you liked him before this, correct? Yeah, I mean he's still a great receiver. Probably one of the more serviceable ones in the just league. Just don't that... throw the ball. Catch the ball. Yeah, but... yeah. No, no. How about this? Next time, also... can we just? Can we just kneel the clock out like uh, what? Bill Belichick, you do it every other time and you run a play. If you're going to run a play, also, throw it to the end zone. Stevenson was definitely told not to lateral the fucking ball in the first place. Yeah, but why would you do it twice? Like, oh, God. <laughs> that was play. unreal. I can't they pulled that. the J.R. Smith. They forgot the score. Oh, my God. It, like, Mac Jones with Chandler Jones, the ex-Patriot, jo- just Mac barreling Jones, right through. Mac Jones minding his own business. Doesn't even know the play oh, is still going oh, on. He Mac turns around, Jones. Chandler Jones' fist is in his face. You got to feel bad for Mac Jones in that spot. Like, that's tough. I he feel like he literally no could have walked right around. That's the epitome of the Patriots season right there. And Mac he Jones' sophomore year. He didn't have to go through Jones. He just decided, oh, I'll go through Jones, too. I, I could, I'm going to go right him, through no, him. I'm going to go right through him. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah that's did, did you see what Jacoby right Myers through. interview after? Did you see what he said? Yeah, I didn't he was even like, nah, see Chandler I, Jones. I, I just be doing too much. I just be doing he too said much. he didn't see him standing there. <laughs> he, 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 who did he see? Mac Jones yeah, is five feet Mac to the jo- right. And why is Mac Jones? What's Mac Jones going to do? Take it to the house? <laughs> <laughs> that's what i heard the one guy on the, or the one guy on, uh i forget what podcast i was listening to he goes what do they think mac jones was gonna do with the ball whatever he <laughs> with <got>? no blockers <laughs> on the complete other side of the field the guy's not gonna run it sideline the sideline hey here's what i wanted to get your your take on what stung more this or the miami miracle miami miracle didn't matter because we're already in the playoffs Yeah, true. I forgot you guys are already clinched. The best year. part about it, the Miami it changed. Miracle. It altered Brady's last like real playoff run with the Patriots because we had a good chance at winning the uh, Super Bowl that year. But like it affected seeding and home field to the Chiefs and and whatnot. Um, the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, 
But it didn't matter, though. Like, that was an irrelevant game. Put it this way. I thought the game was over then, and I already had it off against Miami. Like, I didn't see that live. The best thing about yeah, that was, is... That was garbage time. Yeah. Yeah. Week 17. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick, week 17. But divisional game, the Patriots always lose in Miami, so... That was when Tom. That was when Tom Brady didn't shake Ryan Fitzpatrick's hand. Yeah, that's yeah. that's. I mean, I can understand that. That's why. Well, I don't know if we talked about this last week when he signed the Dre Greenlaw, um, interception ball. Yeah, the ball. Did you see his his quote after the game? No. He's like, Brady? he's yeah. He just said he was just happy that they uh, that they got like him being a good sport because normally people see Brady as a bad sport and whatnot. I mean, the media plays up different narratives, you know. He's just competitive. Yeah. I hate that yeah. shit. That's what he said. He said that. He's like, I, I am a sore loser. Like, I hate losing. He's like, but I try my best to be a good sport when I can. But it makes sense. Yeah. If you want someone to perform at that level for that long, he has to be a competitor. I mean, hate it or not, I, I like what I he mean, does. Yeah, he just lost a wife to keep playing football. He's the most competitive person alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he gets some that success. New, that new girl he's with. She's oh, yeah. She's bad. a rocket. Yeah. She's, she's not a bad rebound. Do you expect anything around. less do you expect anything less from Tom Brady, though? The only thing he's doing there is showing Gillette, listen, look what I could do. Look, yeah, look, it's I, do you, you ever see, like, the... <laughs> you know what's funny is if you read... Uh, uh, I said Gillette, I meant Giselle. <laughs> if you see Boston sports media right now, you know what they keep saying? They're like, you know what's going to look nice is Brady's last run in New England with Mike Evans catching the ball from him. Like, what? You think like, Mike Evans is going with him? Yeah, Mac Jones isn't going... He's I mean, not... He's not Mac Jones is going to be our quarterback, I should say. It's not going to be Tom Brady. Tom Brady, if he goes anywhere, it's going to be Vegas Niners. or... I could see him going with his boy Josh McDaniels or San Francisco. Yeah, I think Niners He's not going to go to Vegas because he doesn't, he doesn't want to lose. And I don't think he... I mean, he, he'd be... Oh, he has Devontae Adams. That'd be sick. Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, but that, that... I guess maybe... You think he can win with that team? Hmm? Win a Super Bowl? I mean, Derek uh, Carr's in the... Has him on the fringe of getting in the playoffs after starting out yeah, terrible. I like sucks. to think Brady picks up a winner too. Sam John's filthy Hoff. I know that was a good pick. What about with what about with McDaniel's too? That's his boy, you know. I got one more thing coming out of the NFL. Reports have come out saying that the NFL is in close contact with some execs from YouTube regarding the NFL Sunday ticket rights that expire here soon. This could be a great move for the people, uh, depending on the logistics of it. It could make it really accessible to a lot of more people and a good price. So I'm hoping to hear more about this soon. I think that's good news. Yeah, this is like the only way to watch football. So uh, anywhere it's at, I'm going to buy it. Yeah, honestly. And with that, let's jump into our normal NFL slate week 16. Let's analyze each and every game. But first, I have some trends coming into week 16. If the Saints-Browns total closes below 32, it would be the lowest total since 2008. Last time we've seen back-to-back weeks with no totals of 50 or more was week 13 and 14 of the 2019 season. And last week with seven or more totals, and the last time we saw seven or more totals below 40 was week 17 of the 2011 season. So lots of low totals this week. So let's jump right in to our first game here on Thursday. Thursday night, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New York Jets. The Jets are the favorite here. One and a half points. Money line at one eight, minus 118. And the over-under sitting at 37 and a half. 
the trends I got here, the Jets are 2-9 and nine straight up in their last 11 games played on a Thursday. The Jaguars are 2-22 and 22 straight up in their last 24 games on the road. In the last five meetings between this, these clubs, the over has hit. Again, that's sitting at 37.5. Let's send it to Ace. Ace, do you want to start us off with this one, the Thursday night matchup before the holiday weekend? Yeah, honestly, you know what's pretty crazy is coming into this week, if you looked at the schedule, you'd be like, oh, good, they gave us Jaguars, Jets as a Thursday night game. But after everything that's gone on, these two teams find them entrenched in the playoff race, right? Um, I really like what J- Jacksonville's been doing, and we've been high on that Jets defense all year, so this should be a hotly contested Thursday night game. But I really do like the Jaguars' money line here. I think that that Trevor Lawrence offense is just rolling right now with the emergence of Zay Jones. Um, Evan Engram's been playing better football as of late. And we know Christian Kirk is good. Um, so a, a good supporting cast for Lawrence for once really leads me to take that money line, especially in this uh, as underdogs on the road against a Zach Wilson-led offense. I'll take Trevor Lawrence to put up points any week. I know I've been high on it. Huff has. We all have. The whole league has about that, that Jets secondary and defense. But I really think Trevor Lawrence could take it to him with his plethora of options. Um, yeah, so for me, definitely Jags money line here. Uh, what are you guys thinking? All right. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I've been I've been on this Jags team throughout this most of this season and uh having them last week the plus 4 at home against Dallas. I really liked them in that spot. I ended up taking them plus the 4 uh, and the I had them in a teaser with the Raiders plus 9 and a half. So, uh with them winning outright on that pick 6, obviously a big game for them as they now are looking at, like you said at a playoff spot if they can string together a couple of wins, maybe get a couple of other teams losses to go their way. Uh, with the Titans, maybe with the Jags trying to look at a, a division title, maybe. I don't, I'm not really sold on this Titans team right now with uh, not really the uncertainty of Ryan Tannehill with the injury that he's dealing with. So uh, the Jags are on the up and up. I like him in this game. Um, Zach Wilson, not my favorite quarterback. Uh, Jets are another team I was liking really early on this year and throughout some of this, some of the parts of this year, I kind of fell off on the Jets. Um, but I like the Jags here. I'm going to take the Jags. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Sorry, I was watching. Um, I'm kind of on the same side as you guys here, but I think it is going to be a really, really good game. Um, Jets are basically out if they lose this game, and after this, um, this surprise season that they that they've had, I don't think they're ready, really ready to let go of it, uh, just, just yet. Um, obviously we know what the Jets defense can do, and the Jags um have been lighting up some pretty good defenses lately. They uh, they put up some. They put up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter against the Cowboys last week, who were pretty good deep, known to be a pretty good defense. Um, Trevor Lawrence is playing really good, really good football. He's just really confident. He's um he's making throws that he's never made before. He's making reads that he's never read before. Um, I think he's he's really uh growing into being number one overall pick. Um, and I think uh they also need this this win to stay alive. So I think that they are gonna end up coming out on top. But I do think it is gonna be a a shootout, and it's gonna come down to the wire. Lots of good stuff coming out of that Thursday night game. I agree. I think it's going to be a close one. Not sure about that over-under, 37.5. Going to be a good one. Let's move into our Saturday games. We got a good bit of them starting at 1 o'clock. First game being the New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are the favorite here at 3.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 210, and the over-under sitting at 47.5. No trends for me here. But, Mac, you want to get us started here? What do you think? 
Yeah, what game is it again? Giants and Vikings. Yeah, um, this should be a pretty good game. Giants, um, before last week, weren't really playing very good as of late. They were one of four in their last five before last week. But going into last week against the Commanders, it was essentially a playoff game. Uh, both teams sitting at 7-5-1. and one. The winners 8-5-1, and one in the, and they have a two-game lead on the, on the first team out in the wild card with three games left. So Giants are sitting pretty right now. They're playing really good football. Daniel Jones looked really confident. Saquon Barkley is running that offense. Um, Vikings, I don't after a thirty-three nothing comeback, I still don't think that they have the confidence. I don't, I don't, I don't see it in them. And, and we've seen the Vikings struggle with NFC East opponents this, this season. Uh, Dallas beat up on them forty-three, and Eagles took care of them week two. Um, Monday Night Football, I think it was, or Sunday night. But um, I think the Giants definitely cover four points here. Is that is it still sitting at four? Yeah, three and a half. Okay, I still think they cover three and a half. I even think that they can win this game outright. Um, Giants playing really confident, good football, and I think uh, it'll carry over into this week. Yeah, I think one thing about the Giants that's worth noting is how well-rounded their defense has played all year, uh, realizing that if this defense can keep them in the games, the offense is able to do just enough, it seems, to win or even cover in some of these spots. And getting three and a half points in Minnesota, obviously – uh, we know what this Vikings team is capable of throughout the start of the season, uh, a record of 11-3. and three. Uh, You wouldn't expect them to only be a three-and-a-half-point favorite here against the Giants team. I know this Giants team is also 8-5-1, and one, but um, I like the Giants here, Mackie. I'm with you. I think that they're able to cover this game. I'll take the points, but um, I think if Saquon is able to do enough on the ground, keep the ball or keep the clock moving, and the Giants are able to play kind of a slower game and keep the clock rolling, I like what the Giants are bringing to Minnesota this week, so. Um, I'm going to take the Giants. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings are coming off probably the craziest win in NFL history off that uh, biggest blown lead by the Indianapolis Colts, 33-0 at halftime, and then they outscored them 39-3 in the second half. So that really makes me uh, think that they're going to be riding in hot. It's a not a primetime game. It's a Saturday 1 o'clock game, so I think Kirk is going to be eating like he did in the second half last week. Um, and Let's remember the last time that that Vikings defense got shredded, which was by the Cowboys. They came out the next week and played a good game. So I I really like the Vikings to win this week at home. I don't like four. I really like three a lot more. So I'm hoping that line shifts. But uh, if not, I might be buying points. But I do think the Vikings got this job done um, and continue to hold on to that top seed in the NFC or second seed in the NFC, I should say. And really close out that division. Good stuff there for that 1 o'clock matchup, Giants and Vikings. Next up, we have the New Orleans Saints at the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are the favorite here at home at 2.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 154, and the total sitting at 32.5. No trends from me in this one. Going to be another interesting matchup here. A pretty low, a very low total here, 32.5 points. Uh, like I said, if the Saints-Browns total closes below 32, it will be the lowest total since 2008. Very curious to see what happens there. Huff, you want to start us off here? Yeah. Um, another team, the Cleveland Browns, that are looking to maybe make a push for a playoff spot if things can fall their way and get a couple of wins. Um, I like them this week. I'm not even going to beat around the bush. I like the Browns minus two and a half. I think this is a spot where uh, they're able to make a pretty statement win here. I'm kind of confused why the line's only two and a half, but... 
I don't want to really overthink this one. The Browns have been playing good football last week, uh, 13-3 over the Ravens, a pretty very low-scoring game, only 16 points scored in that one. Uh, Browns covered the three points for Mackey there. I'm going to try it this week with the Browns minus two and a <clears throat> Yeah, this Browns team looks uh, pretty good. Um, I know it was a slower game last week, and obviously no Lamar Jackson on that Ravens team, but um, you know Deshaun Watson's getting better and better each, each week. Um, they're really learning to play around this guy. He's, he's learning this offense. He's learning his team really well. And obviously this team still has some playoff hopes, and I think they have the confidence now with now with the uh, with the three hundred million dollar quarterback, <laughs> but uh, I, I I like the Browns here too. I'm I'm on the same side as you. I think uh, they're gonna keep their playoff hopes alive and um, extend their season one week longer. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that we're all on the Browns here because uh, that Saints defense we've talked about a decent amount here. But I'm definitely on the Browns as well. I think that Watson keeps them in that playoff push, even though they're on the outside looking in. Um, a lot of weapons for them too. You know what's crazy? Jesse mentioned this being possibly the lowest total of all time. Imagine you take a teaser on this game, Browns, like plus seven and a teaser on the over, like twenty five points. Imagine having to only get twenty five points in an NFL game. And that Browns defense isn't as good as we think. I mean, I, I'd lean over if we've never seen one this low before. Why wouldn't I throw? I mean, when's the next time I'm gonna be able to throw at this low of a point? But Browns Browns spread is probably my favorite play out of this one. I really think Nick Chubb gets it going. I just, I, I can't bet on the Saints team. It's, they're so bad. And every single time I take them, they disappoint me. So I, I just can't get behind. It's a three-point spread for a team with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, even though it's not the Deshaun Watson we all know. But um, I, I this Browns team is just playing better. Aren't they home, too? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is, they got, know, they have the elf on the field. Don't worry. Maybe it's a um, maybe it's a trap Brownies line. Brownies watching. Might be a trap line, but um, I'm I'm going Browns. I might not card it, but I definitely like them. I think Browns are the overall consensus there. Good, good move there. Let's move forward to the next matchup. Another one o'clock game here on Saturday: the Detroit Lions at the Carolina Panthers. The Lions are the favorite here at two and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus one fifty-two, and the over/under sitting at forty-three and a half. The Lions have covered the spread in seven consecutive games. They haven't covered seven straight games since 2011. The last time Detroit covered seven straight games in the same season was 1991, the last time the Lions made it past the wildcard round of the playoffs. Dan Campbell's Coach of the Year odds are also on the move. He was 250-1 to one entering Week 13, Jags and Lions, 150-1 to one entering Week 14, and 9-1 to entering Week 15, and now sitting at plus 175 entering this week. Just moving up the leaderboard there for Coach of the Year. Very, very possible candidate, if you ask me. What do you guys think about this game? Mackie, go ahead. That's very well deserved for Dan Campbell. I think he's uh, deserved this type of recognition for a long time now. He's always had his teams um, in check and fighting for their lives, even when they're very less skilled than the other team. Um, going to be really hard for him to win Coach of the Year, though, though with uh, Nick Sirianni. I think that's his name. I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, 14-1 and one now, I think he is. So, I, I mean, how do you not give it to that guy? Unless he goes 0-3 in his last three games. I think it's his. But, um, yeah, with this Lions team, I, I don't understand this line either. I think uh, two and a half is way too little. The Panthers, I I was dumb enough to bet on them last week against your Yinzers. But, um, obviously, they, didn't even really, they were never really a threat to win that game. Um, you guys had control that entire time. 
But um, I really like uh, I really like the Lions here. I think uh, they I I think that the Lions will be playing for a playoff spot week eighteen, and I think they need a win this week to uh, get to that point. But I think it's highly possible, and I think this team is good enough to be a playoff team. So, um, give me the Lions minus two and a half. Yeah, I, I like I like that for the same reason as you, Mackie. Dan Campbell always has that team fighting, whether it be this year or last year with a poor record. Um, I think they're going to continue to ride that trend. I know the Panthers, we always say, what did Huff call it last week? They're in the playoffs, with the air quotes there, like the playoff push with how bad their division is. But that's a bad football team. And the Detroit Lions <laughs> I can... I yeah, I mean, it's true, though. And the Detroit Lions can put points up like like we've seen all year. Long Jared Goff uh, doing his thing with a lot of Florida Panthers up a goal already. Let's let's fucking go, boys. At home, that they're they're going nuts down there. They got the cat scream. I, I love that stadium. Eric, but, Eric Stahl's but, on fire. Yeah, he had that one time against the Bruins. I mean, great depth piece, if you ask. But back to the game though. Detroit Lions. Uh, I like this line a lot to win by less than a field goal. That's 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 gonna do it for me. Probably see my boy Jamal Williams get in the end zone. So maybe I'll be taking that there. I think he didn't last week. So. He's definitely due to lead the, the league in rushing touchdowns. But, yeah, I think that the, the Panthers finally really get knocked out of that hunt for the AFC or NFC South crown that nobody really wants to grab. Um, Huff, are you on, on the lines as well? Another favorite by the boys? Yeah, I'm right there with you guys for basically every reason you said. I think this Panthers team saw their chance come and go rather quickly. Um, so, yeah, I'm right there with you on the line. Good stuff there, gentlemen, out of that matchup. Let's move forward to our next one, the Cincinnati Bengals at the New England Patriots. The Bengals are the favorite here in New England at minus three. Their money line sitting at minus 176 in the over-under sitting at 41.5. The trends I have here are that the Bengals are 11-1 against the spread in their last 12, 19-3 against the spread in their past 22. The Patriots 6-1 against the spread in their last seven against Cincinnati. And the Patriots are also 16-1 and straight up in their last 17 Saturday home games. So playing extremely well on Saturday. Let's send it over to Ace for his New England Patriots at home this week, week 16. What do you think, Ace? Yeah, no, the Patriots are really coming off. Of, we, we touched on it earlier on the podcast. An embarrassing, brutal loss. I've really played a good game. The defense, once again, keep him in the game. Uh, Kyle Duggar, sixth. Uh, touchdown of the year for the Patriots defense most in the NFL but the offense really continuing to be the uh the the opposite of a wind in a sail there for better lack of a better term but yeah the Patriots uh I mean they're still in the hunt I guess if we say that the uh the Cleveland Browns are but I'm I'm not too high on them they they haven't been playing great football I know that defense can keep them in the game but especially against the Cincinnati Bengals team that's been firing on all cylinders i'm probably gonna stay away i mean maybe i throw a lightly off card to support the boys but like gonna be a tough one to watch i think probably not even i'd I'd stay away on this game unless you're on the Bengals side yeah i do i do like the Bengals here i think this is a tough line um not even i mean a tough line for the patriots i think it's more the home field aspect of playing in foxborough or in foxborough in december uh definitely a tough place to play coming off one of the hard, the hardest way to lose a game, obviously just a total blunder at the end of the, we already got into that play. I don't really need to go over that too much, but 
The Bengals last week down, what, 17-0 to the Bucs. I said I like the Bucs in that game with the points. Um, Mackie, I know you ended up taking the Bengals off the card there with a comeback in the second half. And this team just showing how resilient they are. Uh, another team I just can't bet against Joe Burrow right now, so I will take the Bengals minus three. I don't know if I like it enough to card it, but I do I do lean. The tough thing, Huff, as you just mentioned, like they, they struggled with the Bucs early in that first half, is the Patriots actually have a better defense than the Bucs this year, so they could be giving Burrow fits. That'd be one thing I'd watch. That is true. I don't, know if it's a, I don't know if it's a guaranteed card, but... That is true. The Patriots' defense is definitely better than the Bucs, but... Patriots don't have Tom Brady and, and that offense to put up 17 points and get a lead like that, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Bengals, uh, they, they beat Vegas 88% of the money on them last week. Um, they still put up 35 unanswered, uh, covered three and a half points. I thought the game was over. I stopped watching 17 nothing. I turned it back on at 17-17. So, um, obviously, that's a good win. And I really uh, Joe Burrow is just rolling right now. In my opinion, he's second-best quarterback in the league. Um, he wins football games and he does it the right way. Six and zero in his last six, um, ten and four, head of that AFC North division. He's even on the tails of that number one seed. I know. Uh, both the Bills and the Chiefs are eleven and three, but uh, I can see the Bills definitely dropping another one. The Chiefs might be a tough one, but um, Joe Burrow wants that one spot and he's doing everything he can to get it. I really think they they blow they blow this one out the gate. Um, give me the Bengals minus three. I think some solid picks all around there, boys. Let's jump over to our next matchup. Another 1 o'clock here. The Buffalo Bills at the Chicago Bears. The Bills, the favorite here, 8.5 points. Money line, minus 405, and the over-under at 40.5. The trends I got here. The Bills are 2-6 and six against the spread in their last 8. The Bears have lost 7 straight and are 6-20 and 20 straight up in their last 26. And the Bills have played 7 straight road unders. So I'm curious to see what happens here on this Saturday. Huff, do you want to start us off here in Chicago? Yeah, this is a really tough game. Um, last week, I said I liked the Bears with the 8.5 points against the Eagles. Ended up covering on that one. I didn't take it off or on the card. Just uh, one of those ones that we take while kind of picking over what we like for these games. And the Bears, another 8.5 point uh, underdog at home. Soldier Field, not an easy place to play in December. I don't know if it's as tempting as it was last week to me against the Eagles. Because um, I think this Bills team is very explosive. Not to say anything about that Eagles team, but I think this Bills team has the ability to play in the cold with the Bears. I don't know if this is going to be a weather game or not, but anytime I get a lot of points like this, I'd like to maybe tease the Bears. But the Bills have such a capability uh, capability of taking over these games and just making it out of hand very quickly. So this is a stay away game for me, but I guess I maybe would look at like a Bills first half. Uh, something I usually do with a lot of these bigger spreads is I try to maybe shrink the game by the half and see what I can get uh, with a, maybe a le- less of a crazy line. Um, but this one, uh, I don't know what I'll be taking here. Ace, what do you lean? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm sitting away too, Huff. That's too many points for either side. Nine points is such a weird number. That's what I have it at. <clears throat> Justin Fields, I might be looking at his rushing prop. I know it's a great defense, but we thought that Eagles defense was too. So I th- he can get it done no matter what. He's a high, he's a walking highlight reel. Um, I was gonna say he's literally he's definitely gonna be. We can't plus call this him the week. human highlight reel. That's Mike Vick. Yeah, he's 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 definitely plus this week to get in the end zone, which is something interesting to look at. But his rushing total prop might be it for me. The amount of carries he sees each week, and then his scrambling efficiency. Um, 
Maybe an over in points too. What's the over under sitting at for this one? I saw forty and a half. Yeah, I actually like that. I mean, the Bears, they like to, they like to hang around and score those garbage time points too. So that could be a play. Honestly, is the over like everything I'm saying has to go with the Bears, but at the same time, we're talking about the Buffalo Bills, one of the best teams in football, right? So they can they can always get theirs, and that defense is no joke. I'm gonna stay away on spread, but yeah, definitely gonna be looking at Fields here. Um, I know Mackie's probably all over the Bills. He hates Justin Fields, but let's see what he has to say. No, actually... I needed this. I needed this Florida game to go the exact opposite. Florida, Florida made it one nothing and Panthers. Oh, Florida yeah, made it one nothing, and then the fucking Devils scored two minutes later. Yeah, I saw that. But um, getting into this game. No, I actually do like the Bears this week. I liked them last week with the points. Um, I think um Justin Fields is really good at getting back into games after getting blown out early. Did it against the Cowboys. Did it last week against the Eagles. Cover spreads. Um. And the Bills are just such a team that this is such a game they take lightly that they are stuck tied for the first three quarters and they have to make a fourth quarter come or not even come back, but a fourth quarter push to just maybe get up two possessions and give Justin Fields a chance to uh make it a one possession game late. So uh I really like the points here. I think nine eight and a half, nine is too much. Um we saw it last week. I think the Eagles are definitely a better team than the Bills this year. More consistent, more um So what I'm looking for. Um, structured, I guess. More, uh, yeah, structured. Um, so I, I, I like the Bears. I think Bears cover nine points here. The Bills are just too sloppy and too many turnovers and just let games get away from them. Remember when we were talking about the Bears as the worst team in the NFL? I know they're already out, like Jesse said last week, but... Um, yeah, but covering a spread is different. I mean, I don't think... No, no, I know. Ever... No, I'm, ju- I'm just saying, we they come into the year, you and I, I think especially, we thought this team was going to be abysmal. Yeah, and um, I mean, I wasn't expecting Justin Fields to do what he's doing, and even though you were high on him, I don't think you expected him to do no, this much no, either. No, no, um, Granted, I thought he was a few my, years away. Granted, um, I, I still don't think he's done much with his arm, but the things that he's able to do on his feet is just absolutely, we haven't seen it since Lamar's MVP season, and it's definitely something special. So, I mean, this guy's just doing enough to um, cover spreads, honestly. He's not getting many wins, but he's keeping he's keeping this team competitive in games, and um, I, I just think he's having a stellar season. I think... Uh, I was definitely wrong about him to a certain extent. I think he's a lot better than I. He's an NFL credit. quarterback. De- definitely, definitely. Um, and you can de- here's, he can work. Here's on a good it. question for you though. Uh, who would you rather have right now, Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields? Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is a top four quarterback in the NFL right now. Hmm. He's injured now too. He's a pussy, I mean, but he's top four quarterback in the NFL. He's not injured. He I, finished I think, the game. I'm, I'm going to follow the. the game. I'm going to follow the. I'm going to follow the Michael Parsons quote though. Let's be honest here. Look what's around him. Look what's around him, and uh, it's also the offensive scheme. Like ninety, look at his run play. It's Justin like Fields down. would do better in that. Situation. It's a designed run. He drops back. He has so many weapons that it when when it's a design pass or not a design pass. It's a design run, but it's it's disguised as a pass. It's insane the amount. Mm-hmm. No, it's not the. It's not the. I don't think it's an RPO. I think it's a design run. But they have a lot of RPOs in that playbook. He just drops back, the center opens up, and he's able to run 35, 40 yards, which is absolutely ridiculous. But it doesn't take away from him dropping dime after dime in in, uh, Mm. A.J. Brown's breadbasket where he doesn't even have to make these catches. He's he's literally making the catch for him by throwing him a dot right in his arms. Um, I just think he's getting a little overlooked by that offensive scheme, but he's such a good quarterback, and 
I, it's easy I'm to throw it to your Cowboys. When, when your guys can get open that easily, so many perfect weapons. I mean, we'll touch on that more for their game, but everything around them is gold. So, but yeah, Fields definitely uh, flipping the script on his career and getting that Bears team more competitive. Definitely uh, eager to see that team coming in the future, but I don't know if they can get it done this week. Nine points, though, maybe. Yeah, nine points is a lot. Not sure what's going to happen in that matchup. We'll see what happens there in Chicago. The next one up we have is the Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are the favorite here at three and a half points. The money line sitting at minus 172 and the over-under sitting at a low 35 and a half. No trends for me in this one, but I think this is going to be a uh, pretty shitty game. What do you guys think? Ace, do you want to start us? Yeah, this is a... Or Huff, do you want to start us? Yeah, this is a must-win spot for the uh, for the Titans, in my opinion. Obviously, they've been slipping up over the past couple of weeks uh, with some of the injury problems they've been dealing with. But uh, the the Titans, they own the Texans this over the past couple of years. They usually don't struggle with this team. Um, I don't know about the three-and-a-half points, though. One thing I do know is that Derrick Henry usually has, like, 200-plus yards whenever he plays the Texans. So probably going to be leaning on the Texans. The three-and-a-half is going to be a tough number. Um, but... I'll 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 lay it with the Titans. I I think Derrick Henry has a big day, maybe a hundred yards, touchdown or two. I think we see the real King Henry against a team that he usually eats against. Um, we see a Titans minus three and a half at home cover. I'd like to get it at three, so I might see that half point if I end up taking it. But um, I'll lean Titans. I I agree with you, Huff. I I really like to see some Derrick Henry props in this game. I know his touchdown is going to be steep, but uh, I think I've been you saying might have to all put year. it with the yards. Yeah, I've been saying it all year on the pod, though. Kind of like I did with Jefferson last week on the Vikings. You're saying? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've been saying it all year. That Texans defense, I love taking big dogs against them, and they usually find their way to get in because the offense is always in a good scoring spot, and we know Henry can do it on his own. So much riding on this game for the Tennessee Titans, too, as they look to close up that division. So really going to lean on King Henry to do it. I like them minus three by that half point. Also like the Henry props here. I don't really, I don't really like any any really play on this game. I'm definitely not gonna have a play on this, but for the sake of conversation, um, Titans are just brutal lately. 0 four in their last four, or yeah, 0 four in their last four. Um, not really. I mean, they haven't been playing good football. Derrick Henry, he had 150 yards against the Jaguars two weeks ago in the first half, and then he had 16 in the second half, and the Jaguars ended up blowing him out. Um, they're just not playing good football. Mike Vrabel's not really figuring it out right now, and that's a guy I've always been pretty high on. I think he's a very good coach, but. I don't know, he's not making any real adjustments in, in, in mid-game to, to just close out these games and get some much-needed wins. I mean, he's sitting at 7-7 seven and seven right now, head, head of the division. Trevor Lawrence is breathing down your neck, buddy. you gotta you got to start winning some football games. This guy is playing some good football. Um, this is definitely a game you got to take advantage of. And I think there's enough star power on this team to, um, to win this game by three points. Derrick Henry puts up almost 200 yards every single time he, he plays the Texans. So I think we'll see that again. Um, but I just don't like this Texans team. I I don't know. I can't put money on them. I think they do win though. I think they cover three points. Well, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Derrick Henry over uh, Jeff Driscoll and uh, Davis Mills though. And in a big Derek divisional Henry. game, Derrick Henry literally puts up. I think he's putting up like 425 yards in his last two games against against the Houston Texans, which is absolutely ridiculous. But 
I don't even think the Texans know what's going on in their uh on the field each week, so I think that uh, Mike Vrabel can really get this done by more than three. PFT on part of my take referred to the Texans quarterback uh, situation as the law firm of Mills and or Driscoll and Mills, just because it sounds like it would be a fucking law firm or something you'd hear on a commercial. You mean Je- Jeff Driscoll, the uh, the tight end? Yeah, the law firm of Driscoll and Mills. That's so good. <laughs> Wrapping up that game in Tennessee and moving over to the next one, the Seattle Seahawks at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs the favorite here at an even minus 10 spread. Their money line minus 480 and the over-under sitting at 48.5. No trends from me in this one. Do we think Kansas City can cover 10 points? Ace, what do you think about this one? Yeah, kind of the same story as last week. I think they finished, what, 14.5 points maybe last week or 10.5 points, something like that. Another crazy spread for them, uh, really giving respect to Patrick Mahomes and the boys. But they're at home in Arrowhead against the Seattle Seahawks team who has been very underwhelming and struggling to put points on the board. Um, my favorite play in this game, I have the over-under sitting at 49. I'm probably going to look at a Chiefs team total. But 10's a lot for that Seahawks team. They're pesky and they're fighting for their playoff lives. And most of their games at the beginning of the year, before people really gave them any respect, everybody was saying that they, uh, they're that garbage time team that really keeps it close at the end. So even if the Chiefs can somehow figure out a way to blow out a very good team in Seattle, who I don't think is good personally, but a 7-7 record and playoff hopes online. But if they can find a way to do it, I still think Seattle backdoors this cover with 10 points. A lot of points here. Um, yeah, not going to, to throw in this. I hate those heavy spreads, especially late in the year. And they said, I think, Mac, you sent it this week, the freezing temperatures at game time coming in this week. I think all across the uh, nation, it's like feeling like way below freezing or something like that. So it's going to be a crazy game. Um, going to be leaning my Chiefs, but 10 points just too much for me. Maybe in a tease, get them at three. I- I actually, I actually kind of like the Chiefs here. I took, I said to take them. I said last week against the Texans, don't ever think it. Uh, the fourteen points, they shouldn't have a problem with it, and they obviously ended up having a serious problem with it. That game went to what overtime, or they ended it right before overtime. But either way, either way, I, I don't know. I don't love it, but I'm gonna lean Chiefs here. I just think, like you said, at home in Arrowhead, uh, I like, I like the Chiefs to, to get away, get a win here by ten or more. Yeah, I can't really, I can't lean Chiefs here. I just um, we this is a ca- a casual Chiefs spread that we've seen um, that they really they really never really cover a spread this high. Um, a lot of people are gonna be on them like they probably were last week, cause what's fourteen points to the, to Pat Mahomes against uh the Houston Texans? But you know they they overlook these games and obviously, right rightfully so they sh- they I I see why they do it, but. You know, Seahawks offense is good. They can definitely generate a lot of offense. Um, Chiefs defense is not reliable. I think they can have a lot of problems with uh, Geno Smith in this offense. I think DK Metcalf can have a really big game. Um, 10 is just too much for me. I'm probably not going to take either side on the card, but I definitely lean Seahawks here. This will be a good one to watch, though. I'll tell you one thing. Throughout the midst of this NFL season, there's one person that is not writing off Geno Smith, and it is Mackie. 
last couple of weeks. He just is riding these seats. Dude, I've he been puts in the work. All year. He puts in the work. He he's good. Like he you. I'm not, in the I didn't say I didn't say he wasn't. I just am backing you as maybe the biggest Geno supporter. I didn't. And before the season, if you take if you take clips from before the season, I was like Geno Smith at quarterback for the Seahawks. Yeah, write this team off. But dude, I I I respect. Dude, when him, I watch I their, game, I was gonna like, say when I when I watch their games, I'm like he gives them every chance to win. They have a really good running back in Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf. He has the tools. I game. think it's more of the system. Yeah, they're still. Trying I, to play I completely with see. Wilson. I completely disagree in this situation. I don't think it has anything to do with the system. This guy, dude, watch some of the plays this guy makes when he rolls out and makes confident throws on the run across his body. I've seen it's it's just some of the throws he's making. You don't even see like top five quarterbacks in the league hmm. make not. Not saying, don't get, don't jump the gun on that. I'm not saying he's top five quarterback in the league whatsoever, but he shows sparks of being someone that could have been a top five quarterback in the league. He has the athleticism to get there, and all he really needs is the confidence in his team to come and his team to be confident in him. And this is not a good Seahawks team, and we've seen him take them to a seven and seven team or seven and seven record. Um, he, show, and, he shows sparks of being the player he was drafted. Exactly, and I think uh, he still know, has. I think I still think he overachieved to begin the season. We're really starting to see the downfall of it with him not playing at that elite level as much the past few weeks. The second half of the season hasn't been too kind of him. Yeah, this um, is gonna be this is gonna be an inter- this is gonna definitely gonna be a tough task. He's going into Kansas City, so he doesn't get ten points. If they need they need a win, so he doesn't. Yeah, get this this points. will be a good one to watch. I think it's gonna be competitive, maybe not throughout, but definitely towards the end. Overall, I think that's going to be a pretty good matchup um, coming in that 1 o'clock game. 10 points is a ton, and I don't know. It's a tough, tough game against two two teams that I actually enjoy watching. Next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens, the favorite here, minus 7.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 330, and the over-under sitting at 35.5. No trends for me here. Ace, why don't you get us going here? Falcons and the Ravens. Ravens at home. Seven and a half points, just over a touchdown. What do you think is going to happen in this matchup? I oh, hope that means Lamar Jackson's crazy. back. Yeah, oh, no, he is. He is. Lamar Jackson's back this week, but still seven and a half against I was gonna Pesky. Say, it's I thought, really it's, I it's because of Desmond Ritter, but they even held their own and scored points against a really good Saints defense. And this, this Ravens team that's really been like up in the air, almost in shambles without Lamar. But they're still in a good spot for the season and in the playoff hunt, and they should get right with Lamar. But, I mean, he's had time off, and the team has been slacking. So what makes me think they can cover 7.5? Definitely can't trust Desmond Ritter to do, do the same. I'll take the money line in a parlay because I think the Ravens are just the better team and Desmond Ritter on the road. Tough matchup against a playoff team. But I'm staying away here. I got to see what Lamar looks like coming back from his first game. Um, not one of my favorite games in the week. Definitely won't see this on the card, but... I do think the Ravens get the job done, get the double-digit wins on the season. Um, yeah, that's that's all I've got on this one. Going to stay away on the card, though. What do you think? Huh. Yeah, I couldn't agree more uh, with the fact that I'm going to be staying away. I also I do lean Ravens, but kind of for the reason that I'm going to be staying away is kind of the same thing you said. The uncertainty. This team hasn't really been playing too good. I know they haven't had their uh, franchise quarterback under center being Lamar Jackson. We get him back this week. We'll have to see what he looks like. But um, I'm going to stay away from this. I don't love a seven and a half point spread. Falcons are a pesky team. We don't know what Ritter could bring. If anything, I might lean 
Uh, Falcons, maybe a tease, get them up to like 13, 14 points. Uh, I think that's pretty. that would be pretty nice with this Falcons team if they've shown the ability to stay in games uh, and cover the spread that they're given, let alone you give them an extra the seven pesky points. Falcons. They they hang in games, dude. They've they, been they, doing it all they, year. They've been a the, a spread covering squad all all year long. But uh, and that's what scares me is because this Ravens team they've been searching for the kind of obviously a tough divisional loss last week mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Um, they need a win here. They don't need it. They're obviously pretty much sitting good for the playoffs. But for the for the team mojo and for uh, the vibes in Baltimore, I think they need a win here. Um, I don't know. Tough spread here, Mackie. What are you thinking? Yeah, um, I think it's definitely a little too high of a spread from too many uncertainties with Lamar Jackson. You don't really know how he's going to come back. This offense has also not been the offense we've seen in the past few years. It's not as uh, explosive and kind of play more um, conservatively. And uh, obviously this defense is who they are. Um, I, I like the under on this play. I think uh, you have an inexperienced, unsure quarterback in Desmond Ritter who didn't look – I, I guess he didn't look awful last week. He, he kept him in the game, but he was uh, he wasn't going to win that game. Um, and you know you have a lot of uncertainties in how Lamar Jackson is going to be playing and how he's going to be feeling. And uh, I think this offense is still um, trying to get comfortable with a uh, with one steady quarterback. They've been all over the place all year. So um, give me the under in this game. I don't even know what it's sitting at, but thirty six. Yeah, I, I don't. See, I, I think that'll. Um, Another thirty, a low thirty spread. This and it's period. also going to be could, negative two degrees in Baltimore. So nice. I could rod that, Mackie. The Ravens have been an unders team. What's a Falcons team total? Do you, does anybody have that up right now? Uh, if there's seven and a half have, points, then it's probably like what 12 13, and a half. 12, Yeah. That's interesting. But yeah, this is Falcons. This is too many Falcons question marks. Total thirteen, 13 and, and a half. half. Yeah, there's way too many question marks on both sides for me to really touch this one. I guess the under isn't a terrible play here, but I really have to see how. I would lean. I would lean Falcons teaser. Get them the thirteen plus, points. Yeah, fourteen and a half. That'd be crazy. Yeah, under forty one. Falcons. Falcons tease it up. Falcons yep. tease to 13, 14. Yep. Yep. No oh, straight like up plays game. though. Weird lines by Vegas this week. Yeah, a lot of tough spreads this week. A lot of tough games to predict. But that's going to wrap up our 1 o'clock slate. Let's move into the 4 o'clock games here on Saturday. The first one we have is the Washington Commanders left hand up at the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> the 49ers are the favorite here at minus 7. Their money line sitting at minus 355. And the over-under sitting at 37.5. No trends for me here, but can't go against the left hand up. Huff, you want to start us here? Yeah, I do. I, I, I am going to go against them. I do like the 49ers minus seven here. I think this team is really good, um, especially at home, this defense. I don't know if Washington might score over or under 10 points in this game. Um, I really like the 49ers here. I'm really buying the stock in Brock Purdy, and I really like what he's bringing to this team. Kind of a new look under the same offense that we've seen over the past couple of years where they just kind of plug a quarterback in. So many skill players all around the place and a defense that just shuts shuts the door nine times out of ten. I'll take the 49ers minus seven. Um, but like you said, can't can't go against the left hand up, but I am this week. Yeah, um, I feel like there is no spread too high for this Niners team right now. The hottest team in football, um, Brock Purdy is <laughs> Brock Purdy is uh looking like 
an all like like a veteran in this league right now. He's a three and zero as a starter, like maybe two and zero, but um, he's played three magnificent games. Um, Commanders, Commanders are fighting for their life right now. So you know we might see a might see a a spark in them that we haven't seen yet. But um, I Niners will not be in jeopardy of losing this game. I don't think um that defense is just absolutely incredible. They're uh they're by far the best defense in the league, and they're uh. They're getting all the help on offense as well, so I really like this Niners team, especially to cover seven points. Sorry, I was just getting texted about the possibility of getting some Bruins tickets six years up from the glass versus the Leafs in a month. That's insane. But yeah, no, um, the 49ers, I sick. Will... Yeah, right. Like, come on. Got got to, got to respond to that one quickly before the opportunity goes away. Might not even have to pay for him, best part, but we'll see. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, San Francisco 49ers. I've been high on them ever since, even before Jimmy G took the helm, but this roster is just so good from top to bottom on both sides of the ball. Seven points is a lot, but I do think they get it done at home. I know that this, this Washington team has been feeling themselves all year since Taylor Heineke came in, hanging around in the hunt in that NFC beast, but they get to play a real Super Bowl contender this week. And, um, I think Brock Purdy magic is going to keep riding. It's not that hard to be good with weapons that he has and in the Kyle Shanahan offense one of my favorite offenses in the league um it's really proving well throughout the league you see Mike McDaniel Rob Sala um some other names out there really coming out of that Shanahan tree and having success in the NFL he's got pieces everywhere he can do whatever he wants and that guy's got an extensive playbook I think they'll be able to score points and Washington won't be able to Heineke's true colors will show against the Fred Warner led defense so high on them um my Super Bowl pick as of right now. So, I, I like them minus seven this week at home. Maybe seeing that on the card. Ace, uh, since you just said that, I placed a wager uh, before last week started. Michigan National Championship plus 290. Uh, 49ers Super Bowl plus 850. Uh, I don't remember the exact odds on it, but I think I did... Seventy to win like three grand. That's crazy. So I love that. What was I I've say? made my case with Michigan. Plus I think they obviously though. beat Plus for, It's already for dropped. It's already six hundred. Yeah, I believe it. When I caught it, I caught it weeks ago. I think I was telling you guys it was above two thousand. It was when Jimmy G was still rolling back there, and uh, yeah, I, I, just I just wanted think... to buy in. That defense is too good. I was like, oh I need my something god, especially in today's NFL with where the quarterbacks aren't very good. If you can have that defense and then you have all those playmakers, I really like Christian McCaffrey too. He's one of my favorite ads by this team. It's so insane to me that an NFC team would trade him to a super team like that. I mean, Brock Purdy can do no wrong when you're throwing to Ayuk, Samuel, Kittle, uh, McCaffrey, and then they have they have good depth pieces too and a great O-line so he can sit in that pocket well. So I, I like a minus seven this week. I like them every week, and they're going to finish the year strong in my opinion. Very good stuff, boys. The left hand up, Washington Commanders and the 49ers in a 4 o'clock matchup. The last 4 o'clock matchup we have here is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are the favorite here at 4.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 230 and the over-under sitting at 47.5. The Cowboys are 5-1 and one against the spread in their last 6 games at home against Philadelphia. And the Cowboys have won 7 straight at home. Mackie, let's send it over to you for our last 4 o'clock game here on Saturday. 
Cowboys looking strong. Four and a half point favorite here against the Eagles. What do you think? Yeah, obviously, um, we don't know anything about Jalen Hurts yet. Questionable being out. I guess he's doubtful. <clears throat> More doubtful than questionable. But um, Sirianni <coughs> said his body is different. He cannot rule him out for this game. Yeah, well, he's a pussy because he finished that game against the Bears, but he can't play against the rivalry Cowboys. Spoken um, like a true Cowboys fan. Yeah, I mean, only fair. They saw us without our starting quarterback. We're going to see them without their starting quarterback, not giving anything away for the uh, for the playoffs. Whatever you guys got to do. Obviously, they're scared of us. But, um, yeah, five points without – if Jalen Hurts isn't playing, I think we definitely cover this. Um, if Jalen Hurts is playing, I still think that we win this game. I don't think the Eagles sweep up sweep us this year. Um, and, you know, Dallas coming off two tough games. They, they – squeaked by the Texans and he goes to the Jags last week after being up 17-3. to um, This is just how it goes. You know, you're going to come out strong. You're going to come out firing. This is the biggest game. This is the game that they've been looking forward to for the past month, month and a half. So, um, Cowboys are ready for this game. I think they definitely come out strong. You're on your, your home turf. And uh, I think you, uh, you steal one from the 13-1 and Eagles this year or this week. You know, it's, you know what's tough is I, I'm not that high on Jalen Hurts. So, I think Gardner Minshew is a great backup who can step into a full with uh, – some elite uh, weapons around them and really get this thing going. But I do think the Cowboys win this week. I'm just I'm just disappointed we don't get to see the full full team. Get to see some uh, excuses by Eagles fans when they lose to the Cowboys at home. Um, but five points is a lot, really, in my opinion. I don't I don't want to take that on the road. Uh, I'd rather take the plus five, honestly. But I'm not going to because I do think the Cowboys can get it done. It's just crazy to me that the Cowboys have uh re- they dropped that game last week that was terrible and then they kind of underperformed against the Texans too their defense is their saving grace but the offense needs to really get uh rolling obviously the opposite last week but um yeah I think it'll come together in a big game that they'll be up for maybe they overlooked the Jaguars last week they had two trap games essentially really leading up to this one but they need to win more than the Eagles anyways and uh I think like Mackie said two divisional opponents it's tough to get swept um yeah I just I'm just mad that Jalen Hurts did not get to play in this game. He would have gotten to a face that tough defense after Michael Parsons was talking about him, and they shy away. Classic Philly move. But uh, this team's for legit, and the weapons around them are legit, so it's not going to be an easy task. I honestly like an under here. I know that two, they're, they're two r- really good um, defenses, but uh, really good offenses, I should say. But honestly, 47's a lot in a divisional matchup. I think Huff really touched on this last year. Uh, last... Uh, a few weeks ago, Huff touches on how those divisional games can be really tight, close to the vest and whatnot. And this is essentially a primetime game on Christmas Eve, Saturday at 4.30. So, whole world will be watching. I don't think there's as many points as, as we see the uh, line projecting. So, under is probably my play, but I do think the Cowboys get the job done if Hurts is out. I do think they get the job if he's out too. Maybe we'll get a better line though. I like that point about the under. I do think it could be a low-scoring game. Um, 47 high. Thing- yeah, I agree. Divisional matchup, I always say that. I, you know, I usually say give the points, don't take them. Uh, in this scenario, and I, another thing I usually say is don't tease favorites. I'm going to tease. I like, I'm like. i going to try to get the Cowboys at a plus three, three and a half, maybe with another team, a two or three team teaser, and try to throw the Cowboys in there, get them plus three or four. Um, even if they lose this game, I think it'll be very tight. Uh, and I like the Cowboys here at home. Jalen Hurts, no Jalen Hurts. I think, like Mackie said, I think it's really tough to go 2-0 and against a team in a division. 
And uh, I'm going to go Cowboys here. But like I said, I'm going to see what I can do with this line uh, throughout some of the teasers that I end up making. Whether I end up taking it or not, um, I, as I said, I'm not usually too big into teasing the favorites and swinging them into an underdog. But um, I don't know. It's it's going to be tough. But if you like the Cowboys, I'm going to say I think you should buy in now. Uh, because if Jalen Hurts plays this game, I think we see a maybe two-point spread or maybe one-and-a-half more of a pick em kind of scenario. But I'm on the Cowboys, and like I said, I think I might tease it, so maybe wait and see what happens with Jalen Hurts. I might be able to get like a plus six. Yeah, exactly. So. That'd be, that's what I'm waiting for. you got to wait to see, but if we can get the, the Cowboys at less than minus three, then I will be taking them. Yeah. For sure. Ezekiel I do think really come ca- on. I do like Ezekiel the four, I do like the four and a half, but I I'd like to tease this thing. I think yeah. it'd be a fun tease, just because this is a game I I don't necessarily need a play on this, just because this is one of those ones I'd like to sit down and watch. I like your play on the under. Under, I think yeah, that more and more. But uh, the the one thing though, maybe a first half under. I know you love that even more. So that could be not. the Eagles. I don't think I've ever won one of those on the Eagles or the Cowboys. Yeah, that's true. But it's, these two matching up against each other, you know. That's what I mean. That'd be interesting. But, Watch um, it hit because I just said that. Zeke's been really popping off lately too, but the emergence of Tony Pollard has been slowed up a bit the last few weeks, so I'm eager to see if they can actually get him going. Yeah, he has. You haven't really heard him much. Yeah, no, these, they, they've maybe figured out the book on him, but Zeke's been popping off a bit. But uh, yeah, this this might be the best game of the uh, Christmas Eve slate, so I'm exci- excited to watch it. Yes, sir. Lots of good stuff out of the 4 o'clock slate on Saturday. Let's move forward to the primetime game on Saturday, New Year's or Christmas Eve. The Las Vegas Raiders at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are the favorite here at 2.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 138 in the over-under, sitting at an even 39. Overall, I think it's going to be an emotional game for the Steelers retiring Franco's jersey after his recent death. I think Tomlin's going to be fired up. But let's send it over to Huff, see what he thinks. The primetime game on Saturday. What do you think, buddy? Yeah, I think it's going to be exactly what you said. That stadium's going to be rocking. Uh, Mackie, like you alluded to, a couple of these other East Coast games. It's going to be freezing in Pittsburgh on Saturday night. Uh, So that crowd's going to be very dedicated to that game. The people that are there definitely want to see what's going on in that Steelers-Raiders game. Um, I think the Steelers are... Definitely going to come out and cover this game. I'm not going to lie. I'm already bought in on this game. I, I bought in on minus two and a half this morning. Um, literally after I heard the news from Franco, I'm like, this game's for Franco. I'll take the points right now. So you will see this one on my card. Whether you see a line movement or not, this is me telling you right now. I have Steelers minus two and a half. So do with that what you will. I'm on the Steelers per usual, but this week getting in a little earlier than normal. Definitely feel for Franco Harris, as we touched on earlier on the pod. But honestly, this week, I'm going to be looking at an alternate spread for the Las Vegas Raiders. If I can get a minus two and a half with a good plus line, then I'm definitely going to do that. Hit that before on this team. And I think that it's very undervalued. A lot of sentiment going into this narrative, and they're playing at Heinz Field. But with what they have going on at quarterback, the uncertainty there, and just a, a lost season as a Pick whole. Pick it's back. Pick it's back. Yeah, but still, coming off of an injury now, he's like had a week off. It's 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 a Raiders team that can score points, you know. Um, I think Josh Jacobs is continuing his his reign as one of the top rushers in the league too. So I'm I'm definitely gonna be looking at the Raiders here. Honestly, if they weren't playing the Patriots last week, I probably would have cashed on them again. I've been riding them all year as underdogs, so might as well do it again. Um, 
but yeah, in the prime time slot, this will be a tough one. Definitely not an easy task. Yeah, um, I'm definitely uh all over the Steelers this week. Not not even anything to do with this. I don't even know what his name is Franco guy. Um, <laughs> obviously no disrespect, tragic, but um, that has nothing to do with just an uncultured New York kid, the... Dallas Cowboy fan. <clears throat> But he's a New York you know, Yankee. Or yeah, it'd be funny if he was a Yankee. He's a New York Mets Dallas Cowboys fan. But. <laughs> oh, it'd be too easy to chirp him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, the Raiders are Raiders are a team that you, you you can't count on them being consistent, especially offensively. Um, and they're a brutal road team this year. They're two and six on the road this year, six and eight overall. So that that I says a lot. I did not know their road record is that bad. Yeah, they cannot win games on the road, and they're and they're. They're good when they're comfortable in their own dome. And quick question: I don't know if you have the stats in front of you, or if you're just getting a, a record on that. Um, is there a way to check their record in the last, say, like four road games? I can let you know in three seconds. I think they started off so poorly that everything's skewed. It's a different football team than no. earlier in the season. No, uh, two and two. They uh, lost yeah. to the Rams, seventeen sixteen. Uh, they beat the Seahawks. That was a late touchdown, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you, you beat the Broncos and you lost to the Jaguars. Um. So yeah, you're not wrong. Two of their, both of their wins were in the were, within the last four weeks. But um, that doesn't. I I don't really think that um changes much to be honest. Um, you're also going into Pittsburgh where the the fan base and the atmosphere is a huge factor. Um, it's negative two degrees. They're they're used to playing in their seventy five degree dome where uh. Where Derek Carr can do whatever he wants. Derek Carr is gonna have a brutal game on on Saturday night. He's gonna be miserable. He's gonna have T.J. Watt breathing down his throat. It's gonna be a ground and pound game. Every time he throws the ball, it's gonna be right in his face. Um, this is literally Steelers football. This screams Steelers mm-hmm. football, and uh, this this is the complete opposite of the Raiders in my opinion. So I I think a two and a half point spread here is easy for the Steelers. I think it's an all defensive game, which favors Steelers heavy. So um, are you gonna card that? Yeah, I'm 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 leaning it heavy. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna confirm anything right now, but I do really like the Steelers in this situation. Um I think they definitely find a way to get a win here. It's this is Mike Tomlin. This has Mike Tomlin written all over it. Um If it wasn't negative two degrees, if it was a if it was like a normal game, normal uh, one o'clock game where it's like uh forty five degrees out, I think it's a different situation, but this is just Steelers football. I also I think. think the prime the prime time the pregame shows that place is gonna be fucking. The only rocking. thing is, I trust Josh Jacobs more than I trust Najee Harris. I trust that Steelers defense more than I trust that dog shit Raiders defense. And that's what it comes. That, that's what these games come down to. It doesn't really come down to the running back. He, he can only do so much. Hmm. We've seen Josh Jacobs take over games and put that team on his back throughout the season. Three touchdowns, yeah, got- two hundred yards. We've also seen Derrick Henry put up 16 points in the second half of a game where he put up 150 in the first half. It's just teams. It's just adjusting to to, to a. No, to I, a system I, 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 I don't. I just don't have too much faith in the Steelers to score points. Is all. I don't think they're gonna have to. They're literally not gonna have to. This is gonna be a very low scoring game. Um, their defense is gonna do enough. How many times we've seen this defense do enough to win them a football game? This team was so more ben so last year than this year. Ben Roethlisberger literally begged to lose games last year, and their defense was like, "No, yeah, but I, not I as much." This year. Like, it hasn't been like, as no, good no, this no, year, no. though. It hasn't been as good. Well, this TJ year. Watt was out for half the season. This, this defense, I, I, I just this might be this might be my favorite play on the board so far. That's crazy. I'm I'm wow. gonna card I'm gonna card the Raiders this week for sure. And every, I I even said tough last week. I bet against the Steelers last week, but every time I bet on a game on them, I lose. But I don't know. This is uh, this is too tasty to uh, 
to uh, stay away from. I think it's if a anything, great I'd stay away, but that the Steelers tough team to bet on. <clears throat> I think it's a great primetime game. It's going to be a rocking stadium, like Huff and Mackey said. Let's go, Lars. I think Steelers have a very respectable against the spread record this year. Yo, St. John's is getting cuffed. How many times have they been favored, though, honestly? I uh, don't know if the top not, of my not, head that's a good Not question. too many, though. Not many. Carolina last week, they were favored, weren't they? Were they underdogs? No, they were underdogs. Jesse had plus three. Yeah, I've seen you guys take them plus a lot this year. Let's jump right into these Sunday games, boys. One, one o'clock game, one four o'clock game, and one eight o'clock game. The first one up here on Christmas Day, the Green Bay Packers at the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, the favorite here at home at three and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 190, and the over-under sitting at 49 and a half. The trends I have here are that the Packers are 14 and 0 straight up in their last 14 games played in December. The Dolphins are 11 and 1 straight up in their last 12 at home. Three and a half points here in the Dolphins' favor. Let's pass it over to Ace to get us going on this first Christmas Day game. I mean, I know it's a one o'clock game, but essentially another primetime game for Aaron Rodgers and this bad Green Bay Packers team. But they're they're quietly putting together a more respectable season, sitting at six and eight, kind of speaking themselves back into existence with the way that that last playoff card spot sits with uh, the wild card with seven teams. But uh, four points for the Dolphins, I love that. I mean, I've been high on the Dolphins all year. You might be seeing my Tyreek Hill prop come back out because he's really a stud. But, um, yeah, I think going down to Miami is not an easy trip. Obviously, it's not the conditions they're worried about. It's just like a far trip. Staying out in Miami, a lot of teams struggle down there. And the way that they're playing football, high-flying offense, um, that's going to be tough for the Packers. They've been winning calculated games and whatnot. Um, I do like an over here. Sitting at 49.5, that's a lot, but I do think both teams can put up touchdowns. Both quarterbacks definitely going to throw over 1.5 if you like to look at those plays. But uh, I think that the Dolphins team total might be something to look at in its own. Um, without Jair Alexander, he didn't play last week, so I'm assuming he's out again this week on Christmas Day. Uh, look for Tyreek Hill to have a day, I think, on Christmas. Fastest guy in the league, best receiver this season. So, yeah, definitely like the uh, Dolphins minus four. Love these... Uh, home favorites not too much as they they look to build on a playoff run for this year yeah um i don't know dolphins been trending in the wrong direction recently and uh aaron Rodgers, you know still he's still sitting looking he's still looking at a playoff spot in his eyes um six and eight you know they've been rolling pretty recently they're a two-game win streak uh you know that that game against the cowboys where they came back i really think that was a that was a spark for them i think that um they they really they really got something going right there. Um, obviously they took care of business last week. Twelve point game. They were never really in jeopardy. They went up twenty four six at one point. Kind of um, ran away with that game. But uh, coming into Miami is going to be a little tough. I think uh, Miami's a little more high flying offense and Packers defense has been a little shaky. Um, I, I don't trust them against Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill with uh, the way two has been thrown to them recently. But um, I. I don't know. This is a tough spread. Four points is a, little, is a lot when Aaron Rodgers is playing is playing the way he is and things are going the way that they are for uh for the Green Bay Packers. So I'm probably not going to have a play on this, but I do think the Dolphins find a way to win this game, um, get back on track and you know hold their hold their ground in that in that uh last playoff. I think they have the last playoff spot if I'm not wrong. Yeah, Mac, you couldn't agree with you more. Um, 
One thing I would like to say, though, with the, the Packers recently, their success has come against some really bad teams. So let's not be surprised that Rodgers handled them, especially a lot at home, too. And then the emergence of uh, Christian Watts as a true wide receiver. And then now Romeo Dobbs back. Um, their young guys are really getting their feet under them as the NFL season's gone along. And that's been paid dividends for, for Rodgers really getting them involved. So uh, that's why my play on the over uh, would be something I'd look at. But I really do like the Dolphins and Tyreek to have a big week. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong about them playing bad teams. But, uh, you know, momentum comes from uh, from just from winning. So, you know, you got... Got some confidence in you and the boys can play well. I still think Miami wins this game, though. Yeah, um, I'm kind of with what Mackie said. I think the Packers are playing for a playoff, a serious playoff spot. I mean, they Rodgers knows what's at stake. He has to win out at this point. Um, and I think the Packers have a fighting chance in this game against this Dolphins team that's kind of had a couple shaky losses in games over the past couple of weeks. I'm going to take the Packers <clears throat> with the three and a half points. I think they could win this game outright because obviously Aaron Rodgers knows what's at stake, and I think this Packers team is clicking at the right time. Um, I know this game's in South Beach. Um, it's going to be tough for them to do it, but I'll take the points. I don't know if I'll end up taking this or not. Kind of, I think, Mackie, I think you said that same thing, but um, I'm leaning Packers for sure. Very good stuff there, boys. 1 o'clock on Christmas Day. I think it's going to be a decent matchup here. Let's see what Tua and... Aaron Rodgers can do. Next one up is the Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Rams. Broncos the favorite here at minus 2.5. Their money line sitting at minus 146. And the over-under sitting at 36.5. The trends I got here is that the under is 10-2 and two in the Rams' last 12 games against an opponent in the AFC. The under is 10-2 and two in Denver's last 12 games on the road. The Rams are just 2-9 and nine straight up in their last 11. And the Broncos are 2-11 straight up in their last 13 on the road. Seems like the under follows, the trends follow the under this week. But what do we think? Huff, why don't we send it to you? Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. This was one of those ones I was looking first half and full game under for. I think this is going to be a very low scoring game. Uh, This Rams team has been kind of, obviously people were high on them after Baker's first game there. Uh, with McVay and then last week uh, going to Green Bay and kind of getting exposed to a Packers team, like I said, that we just talked about that I think is fighting for something that's uh, obviously past this regular season. They're looking to get into the postseason. I know they have their the odds are stacked against them, but um, looking at this Rams team coming home, getting two and a half points. <clears throat> is this is Russell Wilson playing in this game? Is, why is this line two and a half points? Because it's the Rams and, and the Rams and the Broncos. I'll tell you yeah, what. I, I just I'm I'm not. Gonna, I mean, I might have a play just because it's the only game in the slate. But honestly, look at the socials for that. But off the top of my head, I'm gonna be enjoying Christmas dinner during this game. Um, I'll be on in the background, but this is a terrible game. I mean, if anything, maybe ride with the Baker Mayfield magic. But the under, if anything, this is gonna be an ugly one to watch. Hate that we have this in the prime time with two teams that were supposed to be really good. Yeah, this is genuinely just a terrible game. Um, I'm definitely not gonna have a play on it. Um, if anything, I do lean Rams because uh, Baker's looked a little uh, confident since he's got there. I know last week it was a little tough. Obviously, you're playing in Green Bay at at uh, at night, so it's a little cold and it's hard to get get your offense going. But um, you know, he had that nice win against the Raiders two weeks ago, and uh, I don't know, Broncos are brutal. 
All the, all these Christmas games suck. Yeah, I did. Not a good Christmas slate. Not gonna lie. Very true. No, Green Bay Miami is gonna be a good game. That'll be a good. That's one, a, that'll be good, but I that should be something. Know. Yeah, it might be good, but it definitely not a top three game of the week. Tell you what, it might be taking night. my boy Aaron Jones too. Though, uh, really saved my week last week. I hit him with that prop parlay, and uh, I could see him getting the end zone again, especially if AJ Dillon's forced to miss time. Meant to mention that earlier. This last Sunday night snoozer of the week. Yeah, this one is definitely a doozy. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Arizona Cardinals. The Bucs are the favorite here at 7.5 points. The money line sitting at minus 375, and the over-under sitting at 39.5. The Bucs are 1-10-1 against the spread in their last 12. The Cardinals are 1-12 straight up in their last 13 at home. 6-15 against the spread in their past 21 at home. The Cardinals are 7-2 against the spread in their last nine games against Tampa Bay. And Trace McSorley, former Penn State quarterback, will be in the starting position for the Cardinals this week. What do we think um, here, Mackie? Do you want to start us off? Yeah, I'm I'm really not going to. I don't even know if I'll have a playoff Sunday, to be honest. I don't. This is just another. Tough. You know, it's, Trace, it's Trace McSorley against Tom Brady, and, and uh, I don't know, neither team is good at in all. In a primetime game. I think. I think uh, I think Tampa wins this game. I think they uh, they it's obviously much needed for them. They're still playing for uh, that division as everyone's under five hundred, but it, seven and a half points for this Buccaneers team. Like I don't care who they they could be playing West Virginia University, and I'm still not taking them seven and a half points. Um, they they're just not trustworthy enough to cover seven and a half half points um against any team. I I agree with you. Seven's a I lot think they for win. this team. I think they win the game though. Um, I'll give them that, but I'm not gonna. I'm I'm not gonna play on this game. I couldn't. I, I don't even like the over under. We saw Trace like McSorley what with the Baltimore Ravens. He doesn't offer up much, and that defense is so weak. I do think that Brady has his way. Maybe throws McSorley a few touchdowns. McSorley was out there last week too. He was DeAndre Hopkins was like, "What are you doing, bro?" He was, yeah. Some of the throws he was making. Yeah, if you really want to play on this game, just take the Bucks minus seven and take your chances with it. But I don't think they're or worth Bra- it. Or so. Brady touchdown pass prop on the over. I don't even yeah, trust cool. that. No, but you want to know what's funny? You were saying it's a bad Sunday slate for Christmas. Think about these matchups coming into the year. Packers. Oh, Dolphins, dude, I remember you looking think at that'll this be slate. a good one. You see Rams and Broncos. That's a good game coming into the year. But nope. Divisional Defend, matchup. Defending no, champions. Not even divisional. Th- defending champions yeah, versus Yeah, those are two hyped up teams coming into this season. And then Kyler Murray versus Tom Brady on Sunday Night Football. So they got it wrong, but what are you going to do? We get a good, we get a really good Saturday uh, Christmas Eve slate when much more eyes will be on the football games. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really even have a play on this Sunday Night game. Uh, obviously, I don't know if I'll have anything like you said, Mackie, on any of these Sunday games. My favorite play of Sunday is probably going to be the Packers with the points. Um, could could I'm gonna have stuff for that up. Finns game for sure. I like that game yeah, a lot. That, yeah, we'll have to see what we can cook up closer to Sunday. But oh yeah, let's rip this Monday night game. I didn't even know there was a Monday night game this week. Yeah, final game on our slate: the Monday night primetime game, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Indianapolis Colts. The Chargers, the favorite, going into Indianapolis at four and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus two fifteen, and the over under sitting at forty five and a half. The trends I have here are that the Chargers are 12 and 2 against the spread in their last 14 games in Indianapolis. The Colts are 2 and 9 straight up in their last 11 games played on a Monday, and the Colts are 10 and 4 against the spread in their last 14 games as an underdog. 
What do we think to nap it here? Huff, get us going on this final game, our Monday primetime game. Um, I don't really love this, really like the spread on this game. Uh, one thing I do want to say is I think the Chargers have a serious chance to make a nice playoff run for themselves, and that's another team you can get really good odds on right now to win. Uh, if you think they have a chance to go far in the playoffs, I know their Super Bowl odds right now are like plus 2,200 or something crazy like that. So, And this is a team with a quarterback that has the ability to once it. When they're rolling, I really like what this team offers. Uh, this week, primetime in Indianapolis, I'll take the minus four, uh, four and a half. I don't really know what it, I think it's, you said four and a half, but I don't love it. So don't know if I'm going to be taking this. Obviously, like I always say about these Monday night games, I could jump either way. It's so far in advance. Um, but – it's tough to fade this Chargers team right now. I had them last week. Um, I like what's coming out of them right now. So looking to keep riding them. But like I said, we'll have to see what happens coming up closer to Sunday or Monday night. Um, Mackie, how are you feeling on this game? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm getting higher on the Chargers as they're getting more healthy. Uh, obviously, this team's Justin Herbert looks like uh, looks completely healthy. He looks like he was supposed to the entire season. This is the quarterback I was talking about winning 13 games this year and um I thought they I thought that was actually a reasonable reasonable pre- prediction if this team had stayed healthy but um they're obviously still not completely healthy and um I don't know they they squeaked one out against a pretty a pretty um bad recently bad Titans team last week um he Herbert did just about enough to win that game he made a nice 35 yard pass downfield uh it's like 20 seconds left and Dicker Dicker the kicker just Put one up through the uprights and they win the game 17-14. And I think they'll find a way to uh, win this game as well. This is another game where they take advantage of simply being the better, being the more athletic team, being the um, more skilled football team. And um, I don't know. It's, it's a tough spread, five points. Um, close to the home team. Chargers, still a lot of question marks, not as many as before. But I think five points is a little too much. I think the Chargers find a way to win this game. But I think it could be on the foot of Dicker the kicker yet again. Yeah, like Huff said, though, um, my play is not going to be coming out until Monday for this one after we enjoy the holiday festivities. But I'm happy to see uh, Nick Foles getting a chance with his with this team. Um, really disappointing. No Jonathan Taylor either. But, uh, yeah, I've been liking the Herb riding. It's a good football team looking to get into the playoffs this year and make some noise. Everybody's firing on all cylinders there, so they should be able to cover four points. Um, no official play yet for me, but I'm going to be leading Chargers and Justin Herbert to have a good day through the air, as he usually does, um, to really get those Chargers into the playoff mix. Very, very interesting set of games here on Christmas weekend. Not sure what to think. Some good ones, some bad ones. But we'll have to wait and see. Make sure to stay tuned for our picks on all of our social media platforms. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Dub Club included. Don't forget to sign up for our picks delivered directly to your phone via text message. Link will be down below. That's all I got this week. What do you guys got? Anything else, Dad? No, that's going to do it for me. It's another good week of football ahead, you know, Christmas week. Um, Things are a little different this week with the slate on Saturday, but uh, no. Still another week of football. Let's get after it. Yeah, and like you said, uh, 3-0 last night on the college basketball card. Looking to keep things rolling tonight. I know we didn't get St. John's, but uh, got a couple other plays out there too. So um, stay tuned. We've been riding the college basketball, NBA, NHL, all that kind of stuff. So 
that's going to do it for me this week. We'll see you guys next week, uh, week 16. We're down to, what, three weeks left of the NFL before the playoffs. So let's make the most of it while we got it. So that's going to do it. We'll see you guys next week. Merry Christmas. Later. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again, and see you next week.